That's right, it's episode 245 episodes, and we are starting our Scanners Trilogy. And we're moving on next week to the final two movies in the, what is it, five tuple? <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck, what would you say? I don't know. Quadrilogies four, so what is the... The quadrilogy, quadrilogy, quadrilogy. I don't even fucking know. There's five fucking films, people. Figure it out. <laughs> but we're going to be using mind powers oh, to talk God. all about these fucking movies. This episode in particular, we're just going to start with the first three and then we're going to move on to Scanner Cop 1 and 2. So we have Scanners from 1981, the David Cronenberg film. We got Scanners 2, The New Order from 1991, and Scanners 3, The, the Takeover. Takeover from 1991. So they were done back to back. We got some thoughts on that. We didn't find any information about that, but it huh. seems to be pretty easy to assume that they made them at the same time. Oh, okay. They just put them out, subs- you know, like they same. do on video. Straight to video. Yeah, but we'll get into that more later. Also, guys, if you, at any point in time, we got three movies that we're going to be doing today. So this means it's going to be a long fucking episode, all right? And we understand that maybe you don't want to listen to every bit of our episode we don't mind you can always skip ahead that's why we put timestamps on every single episode <laughs> some people some people talk too much yeah some people <laughs> that's their gift of gab that they have and some people shouldn't <laughs> complain about it like they are right now some people are just joking around I'm sorry. okay good okay anyway so the timestamps are down below if you guys want to skip around we understand we don't mind uh, you can go to the spoiler section or the non-spoiler section like the spoiler-free sections uh, and, uh, you know, check out our trivia or whatever you want, skip around all you want and come back later, whatever works for you. Uh, some of these movies are on Tubi. I believe two and three are on Tubi and the first scanners you can only watch on physical or you can rent for three ninety nine. Criterion. It's on Criterion Actually, Collection, too. There's, there's a sale for all of the movies right now on Amazon, half off. And we'll put a link down below for you guys to use it. Hopefully, it's still available. And we'll get a kickback from that, which will go to help us out and pay in our bills. Yeah, it's on sale right, right now. Yes. So. so, think about that. If you're interested in buying these movies, definitely come back and use our link. We'll have it in the information on our website, so you can check it there. So... Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be actually speaking on this episode, by the way, guys. Yeah, we almost we almost skipped this episode. Yeah, 
There's uh because <laughs> Alex was all sorts of fucked up. I was really fucked up. Like, okay, so behind the scenes for the past month and a half, I have been having toothache pains. There was a couple episodes that I recorded where I had splash water in my mouth and then fucking talk. And if I didn't seem like I was like jacked in and like ready to go like I normally am, that's why. And that was like last episode. Yeah, it that was, was like the worst. Last no, not just last that that was the worst. Yeah. Yeah, the- yeah that's when it started getting really painful like i had one nerve sort of die out or at least like it retract into my gums and then i had another nerve like in the back so i had a couple of cavities and a wisdom tooth that i had pulled so i had two root canals and a fucking wisdom tooth pulled out of my fucking head on Tuesday and Wednesday, back to back. Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, it was a dentist fucking, like, you know how they have, like, the parties on the weekend? That was my party, my dentist party. <laughs> because. On we- Tuesday and Wednesday. No, it was Wednesday and Thursday. Was it Wednesday? I thought I went Tuesday. No, you went Wednesday. <laughs> Remember? Because uh-uh. we watched these movies on Tuesday. Well, everything is a blur to me right I now. I know. So. That's why I'm reminding you. So you were actually supposed to go back next week to get the other root canal, but it hurt so bad you ended up having to go back oh, the next Oh, that's day. right. Okay, you're right. So I went Wednesday and Thursday. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so back to back, we had a fucking a party at the fucking dentist's office, which, by the way, my facial surgeon dentist was super fucking cool. We were, Thank God. We were cracking jokes with each other the whole time, even though he knows that I'm fucked um, but he like <laughs> squeezed me in the last time too which he was booked as fuck right and he did it for me which was super fucking nice I mean granted we paid them thousands of dollars to get all this done but I feel like a new human being guys like I, I feel like I have a new lease on life like you know <laughs> like I just dodged a fucking bullet and I'm like fucking Jeff whatever his name is standing on the edge of the building like I can't die now the, like the percentage of me dying no is- no no stop that's like, I'm ready, man. Like, let's play fucking ball in traffic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding, guys. But yeah, so it's it's been, you know, like, yay, we're happy about that. But on the other side of the fucking coin is, you know. Oh, we're financially fucked. Yeah, now we're financially <laughs> fucked. Like, and it may affect the podcast a little bit here. So while we're celebrating on one side of the fucking hand with our you know, dominant jerk off hand. The other hand is being pinned to a fucking cross by the financial <laughs> fucking Edens of Rome. <laughs> so it's like, fuck, dude. Like, I don't know. I mean, we're just, we're just trying to hang in there. Um, this is obviously going to mean a few things. Like, we're not going to be able to do the YouTube videos for the haul videos as much. Um, I may not be able to rent as many movies to watch them and you know subscribe so i may be digging into my collection which really hurts my youtube actually so you know we're gonna try to do our best that we can it sucks but i had to get it fixed it was the worst pain i've ever felt in my entire life and there was no way that i was ever going to be able to go to sleep on that right and i don't have insurance guys because i don't have a whole lot of money to spend on you know to to do that so whatever Mm -hmm. i do i put back into the fucking thing invest in movies stuff like that but there is some things that you guys could do and it's not involving putting our hand out and you putting money in it there are some things that you could do to help us that will really mean a lot to us one watch our youtube videos as much as you possibly can and subscribe from start to finish make sure you subscribe even if you don't 
like YouTube. Like this will go a long way to help the algorithms for more people to watch our YouTubes and listen to our podcasts, etc. Um, two, we have Amazon affiliation now. We can link any of the movies that we talk about. And if you're interested in buying those movies and you like to shop at Amazon, you can buy those movies through our link and we get a kickback of a small percentage that will go towards us buying more stuff for the show directly. So that's another way that you could help. We were going to do t-shirts here, by the way, guys, before all of this toothache bullshit started to fucking flare up. And we had like two or three designs that we were ready to do and pay somebody to the design. But, you know, that was going to cost hundreds of dollars and that was already an investment as it is. Well, we just fucked that over because <laughs> we just spent thousands on my fucking teeth, uh, which sucks. So... If there's any illustrators out there that can do some cheap work or something like that, and we could get you on the next time around or something like that, and you want to sit and talk with us about something in the future, let us know because I am all ears at this point in time about getting this shit paid off so we can get back to normal on all the things that we normally do here on the podcast. So this is not an e-bag. We're actually going to be doing a giveaway as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing our giveaway that we planned ahead of all of this. We're doing a bunch of movies there's like blu-rays and dvds there's like two blu-rays and like five dvds it's on social media it's on social media so you can look at what's in there already and it comes with a 25 dollars gift card in the u.s so this is for u.s only i'm sorry we couldn't extend it outside of that because shipping's know, too expensive it is too expensive it's like 20 dollars. yeah no it's like more than that is it more than that mm-hmm. and, even to canada and if you send it to the uk they even charge you more money if it's mm-hmm. like like they changed something recently. I can't remember what it was, but I remember hearing about this. So mm-hmm. anyway, we tried to keep it as minimum as we could. We want to give back to you for our fifth anniversary. We love you guys. And we're sorry to bring up any bad news whatsoever, but we're here to have fun. We're going to do what we can with what we got because we love this shit anyway. So we're going to make it happen. So if we can get some help from you guys, fuck it. A thank you. <laughs> but I think it might be that time. Oh, uh, what time is it? Horse shots. All right, guys, so we picked one of the movies that we decided to have a shot for. I mean, pretty much all three of these deal with this particular drug anyway. Scanners is a movie about people with mind powers. Oh, God. (laughs) It's back. (laughs) While these people use these fucking mind powers, they actually have a drug that tries to curb them from going crazy because turns out being a scanner or a psychic means you have a lot of voices in your head. Telekinetic. (laughs) And it's painful to exist unless you know how to control it through like different means. But yeah, it's basically like feeling you're going crazy. So Mm -hmm. we, of course, would recommend taking ephemeral, which is a made up drug in the movies that has good or bad uh, consequences for using it. They give people ephemeral to try to combat some of these crazy feelings and thoughts. They give people uh, ephemeral to kind of deal with all these problems, and we decided to make our shot based around that. So, what is in an ephemeral shot? (laughs) It is, we used vodka, like a third of vodka, because that's what Alex would also use to deal with his And you want to do this as a cold shot, so you want to take the cold... And you want to mix it together and feel a lot better. So vodka and then a third of gin and then 
a third of an energy drink, so we use Monster. We use the blue Monster. Yes. But so. we thought it was blue, but it's not blue. It's brown. So we, then we use a little bit of food coloring. Yeah, to we make put a drop blue. of blue because we figured ephemeral would be blue. Yeah. I don't know why. Because most pills are blue. And I'm going to take the shot because Alex cannot. I can't take. Yeah, I can't take alcohol I'm right now. I'm not looking forward to this. This sounds disgusting. It smells disgusting. Go ahead. You're going to hate everything that goes in your mouth anyway. Yeah, it's just energy drink. Ooh. Slam it. Ew, the gin. Come on, oh. drinky drunky. You're drinking today. Yeah, that's a big old thumbs down for me. Oh, God. I was drinking margarita, too, so. <laughs> yeah, it probably doesn't mix too well. No. Party girl over here. Right, I'm going <laughs> to vomit later. Anyway, so if you would like to drink a ephemeral, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shots section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to take our long journey, starting with scanners from 1981 and next week we'll end up with scanner cop 2 by the way so it doesn't end there today but we're going to be doing scanners from 1981 now scanners 2 the new order 1991 and scanners 3 the takeover from 1991 as well and we're going to go ahead and do that right now All right, guys, so let's kick this shit off. First of all, I just want to say, I have been wanting to do this for a long time. Yeah. I think we did do, like, Scanner Cop once before, and we did, like, Scanners once before Uh years ago. I know we did Scanner Cop semi-recently within the last couple of years. Oh, okay. I think it was with Brittany. I I can't even remember, but... Doesn't even matter. I think we, oh, that's right. We did Scanner Cop and Maniac Cop. Ah, that's a good combo. One and two. Yeah. Well, we probably should have done the second one, but at the time, Scanner Cop, Scanner Cop 2 was really hard to get. Uh huh. And I wanted to see a good copy. And now we got the 4K. So, ah. but, uh, Scanners Part One by David Cronenberg is about a scientist who sends a man with extraordinary psychic powers to hunt an underground system of others just like him <laughs> tagline 10 seconds the pain begins 15 seconds you can't breathe 20 seconds you explode <laughs> that's like the longest tagline ever yeah it's funny though i, I think it's funny obviously this is director writer david cronenberg the visionary he did the brood videodrome the dead zone dead ringers shivers naked lunch eastern promises crimes of the future which was one of his earliest hour and four minute movies and guess what guys that's the movie he's remaking he's remaking his he's own remaking movie. his own movie oh because he could probably do a better job now yes that he's yeah so i need to watch the original stat i haven't seen like most of those movies i haven't seen well he did a lot of, of television movies. work for a long time before he started doing his own shit mm-hmm. um so he had to prove himself just like everybody else before he was a you know a visionary Mm-hmm. Which some people, they don't like his stuff, you know, his early stuff, and they only like his newer stuff. I'm the opposite. I love his early stuff. I Well, I like his new stuff. I just, not as much. Right. But anyway, I'm glad he's coming back to filmmaking. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that his son got him the bug again, you know? Oh. Because his son's been putting out some bangers. 
Uh-huh. He did Antiviral, and then he did that uh, Possessor movie. Oh, yeah. Which I was, forgot. it's like a crime sort of drama. I like that one. It's and sci-fi, it was... but it is kind of like a crime drama. Right, and it was slow as fuck, and I liked it. It was really good. It was a cool ending. Yeah. Um, some of the cast in this movie is Jennifer O'Neill. She plays Kim Oberst. She was in The Psychic, Rio Lobo, Summer of 42, Le Senate, Time Changer, and more. It also stars Stephen Lack, who plays Cameron Vale. He was in Dead Ringers, The Rubber Gun, Perfect Strangers, which is a Vinegar Cinder release, by the way, I own. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also have Patrick McGowan, who plays Dr. Paul Ruth. He's been acting since the 50s. He was in Braveheart, Escape from Alcatraz, Columbo, The Prisoner TV series, Hysteria, The Phantom, Silver Streak, and many more. We also have Lawrence Dane, who plays Keller in the movie. He was in Darkman, The Clown Murders, which is a John Candy movie that I, I need to see. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen it before, but yeah, Been John, a while. weird to see John Candy in a horror film. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm curious about that. Uh, I, I know I've seen it, I'm pretty sure, but it just makes me, I don't know. Anyway, he also was in uh, Lawrence Dane, again, was in Happy Birthday to Me, Shock Trauma, Of Unknown Origin, Dark Man 2, The Return of Durant, Vanished, Bride of Chucky, and more. Plus, we got legendary actor Michael Ironside, who plays Daryl Revick, who was in Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's <laughs> a great movie. I don't know. I love that movie for some reason. Uh, Total Recall. He was in Starship Troopers, Top Gun, Turbo Kid, Visiting Hours, V, the miniseries, and the regular TV show. Prom Night 2, which is a series <gasps> I would love to do. Is, That's right. We watched that recently. Yeah, Prom Night 2 is fucking awesome. Hilarious. <laughs> it's so bad. It's good. We got Highlander 2 he was in. Uh, it's called The Quickening. He was also in Children of the Corn Revelation, which I never saw, and many more. Plus, last but not least, we have Robert A. Silverman, who's no stranger to... Uh, uh, of course, Cronenberg, he plays Benjamin Pierce in this movie. He was in Jason X, The Brood, Naked Lunch, Existence, and Waterworld. Some of the makeup guys that did some of the effects in here, I thought it was important to bring these guys up because it's interesting to hear the, some of the movies that they worked on and the talent that they've done, and they never get talked about. So I'm going to bring them up. Okay. Chris Wallace, who does special makeup, he's a, kind of a specialized in foam latex at the time when he did this. Um, he was His first movie was Piranha. Oh, wow. Yeah, he did The Fly, Enemy Mine, Gremlins, Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark, Screamers, which is one of my favorite uh, sci-fi action films, which we'll be talking about plenty by the time this episode's over, uh, House 2, Curse 3, and many more. That's another franchise I want to do, Curse. <laughs> we did, I think, the first movie. It's about the, the family that has a comet, and it lands on their farm, and they eat all their apples, and it makes them go crazy and kill each other and shit. It's got Will Wheaton in it. Colored of space? It's, yeah, it's essentially the same thing. Yeah, but, I mean, like there's it. so many movies that try to bite off the color out of space. Right. You know, a meteor. Come on. Yeah, I know. We got Dick Smith, the god of fucking makeup, who's been working on makeup since the 40s. He's a goddamn legend. If you don't know, now you know. He did Dial M for Murder, Little Big Man, The Godfather franchise, Taxi Driver, The Exorcist, Altered States, The Hunger TV show, The Hunger movie, or no, he did The Hunger movie, I'm sorry. Oh, that we just watched, or that mm -hmm. you just watched. Yeah, that'll be coming up a lot, too, with a lot of these actors. Uh, we get, he did Starman, Poltergeist 3, Sweet Home. 
Home, the Japanese movie, the live action Japanese movie that I love so much that has some of the most amazing fucking effects I've ever seen, Mm -hmm. including a guy who gets sawed in half by a shadow and burned into the ground and then proceeds to crawl across the floor. Jesus. Is amazing. We're talking like amazing Mm -hmm. looking shit, dude. Uh, That was from 1989. So if you haven't seen that, go look it up. I think there's a copy on YouTube. Somebody, Severin, Vinegar Syndrome, whoever the fuck you are, please put that out on Blu-ray or 4K. If you put it on 4K, I'll, I'll I'll bear your children. Uh, and what? Uh, that made no sense. I'll make you. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dick Smith's done so many more. His last project was House on Haunted Hill in 1999, and he passed away in July 2014. Mm-hmm. Here's to here's to Dick. <laughs> Not mine, honey. <laughs> that died a long time. <laughs> <laughs> They pulled it out with your teeth. Oh, my God. Jesus <laughs> Christ. They pulled my man out, my manhood out through my teeth. Anyway, Jesus Christ, Christina. We also have Stephen Dupois. I think I'm saying it right. Dupuis. He is no stranger to Cronenberg. He also did Robocop, The Fly, 1 and 2, Existence, Eastern Promises, Poltergeist 3, Deep Rising, Jason X, Ant-Man, Venom, and The Matrix 4 he's working on now. We also have a uh, special... They're making a Matrix 4? Yeah, you didn't know about it? It's going to be on HBO Max this year. Oh, I didn't remember why. You better fucking recognize. What's? But they broke the Matrix. I don't understand. Yeah, well, obviously Neo's more powerful than that. Maybe there's another layer. Wait, didn't he die? Maybe they'll have another layer like they should have done on the second movie. Are they going to bring him back? Is Keneno Reeves going to yep, come back? he's in it. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, anyway, anyway, you done? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was very surprised. Okay. All right. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about here, Christina. Okay, keep going. We got Gary Zeller, who did the special effects. He was uh, he got his start in Dawn of the Dead, by the way. What a great uh, start that is. He also did Visiting Hours, Amityville 2, and The Last Dragon. You are the last dragon. Hurry up. We're on a time crunch here, bud. Shut your... <laughs> Stop filling it in with your... Singing. Anyway, this movie had a budget of $4 million estimated, and it grossed about $14,225,000 worldwide. It is considered to be the box office smash. It was the number one movie on, uh, on that weekend. Wow. So, Christina, what are your thoughts? Oh, so I have never seen this movie before. Really? Believe it or not. You've heard of it, though. I've heard of it. I know the scene, the famous scene. Okay, so that's how you know it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For a little bit, I, I know, or I knew the scene, but I didn't know what movie it was in. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, sure. But yeah, I've never seen this before. I'm not really a big fan of Cronenberg. Like, I like Videodrome, sure. kind of. It's cool. But right. anyway, yeah, but this, the, I like this one. I mean, it gets right into it. It gets right into the story. They put a lot of thought into the shots and stuff and the locations they use for the film. You could tell. It's sure. very artsy, artsy film a lot of mm-hmm. thought into it i did like the story and a lot of the elements in the story they did a good job they did a really good job of projecting like them having telepathic ability <laughs> even though sometimes it looks like you know just look they just look like they're taking a shit yeah we but always I mean, joke about that yeah but i mean you know what else are you gonna do i mean so i i thought it, it came across as that's what was going on like it could they could have made it like boring 
Right. It, okay. It made it. Made well, sense. I'm a little surprised to hear that from you, to be honest with you, because a lot of people find this movie to be boring a little bit. Yeah. Well, like I was going to say, it it started off really good, but then it got slow. It was like it dragged towards the middle. There were slower parts. Mm-hmm. But you you know why? Because of the whole artistic aspect of the movie. Like, that's why. Like, I could tell, like, that's why it was slower. You could tell it's a Cronenberg film. Yeah, I think so. For that reason. Well, he, everything seems so dire in his mm-hmm. movies a little bit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, exa- exactly. Like everything's real serious. And, very and, serious. This movie is very serious. Yeah. But I gave it a six out of ten. Really? You no, know, I okay. did like the effects. I was the expecting more, really, but okay. The effects were really good. Okay. But what did you what did you think? This is probably like your millionth time seeing this. Um, no, you know, surprisingly, this isn't one of my favorite, um, you know, Cronenberg films. Mm-hmm. I, it's not. It's a notable one. It's a, it's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some bad Cronenberg films. They're not bad, just not great. You know, like right. they're all part of like the stepping stones that he needed to take to make great cinema. Mm-hmm. This is tucked obviously between The Brood and Videodrome, which are you know hands down some of people's favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I um, there's a lot of different fans like like I said, the newer and the older, you know, or both. Right. Um, but some most people lean one way or another, and if you're old like me, you tend to lean towards the or earlier stuff because it's wilder. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that Cronenberg himself was actually very unhappy with. In in a lot of ways, because it was so rushed, and he didn't particularly like working that hard under the immense pressure. It's not that he couldn't do it. He did it with gusto, mm-hmm. better than anybody else could in that situation. Even Michael Ironside himself said he'd never seen a director work that hard and so well under pressure without cracking. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, impressed. I have noticed that this is one of those films that is not everyone's favorite right off the bat. At least for me, it wasn't. It is in a lot of ways a meaty Cronenberg sort of film that you would want to see, you know, from the old days. But, uh, it, you know, it's got the visuals, the aesthetics, the, the camera work, the, you know, like he pays attention to detail and things. It just looks a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like you can just tell how it, it just feels. Obviously, this led to Videodrome, one of my favorite movies that he's ever done, hands down. I feel to date, honestly, is probably his best work. But that's just my personal thing. Everybody has their own favorite. You know, he was on quite a tear, though, at this time when he was making this movie. Mm -hmm. So most people just sort of consider this the movie. Oh, the one with the exploding head one, right? Right. Like, that's that's why I asked you, how did you figure it out? Or how did you know or hear about it? And they're not wrong. It's, you know, it's one of the most glorious head poppings in fucking cinema. Mm -hmm. You know, some people debate the best ever. You know, it's debatable. I'm not saying that it is or it's not. It's pretty good. It's a damn good one. It yeah. It really is. This is more of a story about psychic powers being controlled by multiple different factions that war with one another. Obviously, some who are in the corporate world who want to own and operate it for money and power, the scientists who want to do it for discovery, and the people in between who kind of deal with it, plus the underground who just wants to be free of all that. Mm -hmm. And you could probably make a lot of comparisons into that. In fact, we probably will when we get into our spoilers section, but this movie was so rushed, it's hard to tell where Cronenberg was going with this because he was literally writing it day to day. Oh, wow. On the set. Really? Yes. When he would wake up, he would write until everybody would show up. When he was at lunch, he would write until everybody got back. So shit was changing on the fly all the time. And that meant everybody had to stay, you know, on top of it. So it's essentially a double agent movie. I would assume, you know, with like a heavy dose of sci-fi and gore thrown in. A theme 
like I said, that I'll get into a little bit more later that I have a kind of an ideology about what it would be if, if he really had the time to sit down and hash out every single thought that he had instead of writing it every single day mm-hmm. before they shot it. But upon rewatch of this film, I think I gained a little bit more appreciation for this film than I did the last time. I just wasn't in the mood for it, I guess. Oh, makes sense. You know, I... It's not my favorite in the Cronenberg catalog, but it is one I'll grab off the shelf a bit more now that I've kind of seen it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's extremely well shot. The story is also pretty interesting, even if it's got like long sort of talky performance pieces and stuff. It all looks really good and it all acts very well, um, you know, for some really weird characters that do some really weird stuff in the movie, you know. To be working together against one another, it really kind of makes for a decent story and mm-hmm. how they make it work. It's not that complicated, really. Mm-hmm. It almost begs to, to to explain itself a little bit because it doesn't. But it's kind of a, a simple story, mm-hmm. you know, and in the David Cronenberg way, which is not easy. Right. Makes sense. But that that said, not all perfect. It, it does seem like it has like some things that aren't great about it. It doesn't hold it together every waking second of the movie, but it's not a bad film. It's it's a step above most film directors in any case scenario whatsoever. Mm-hmm. People with mind powers isn't obviously new, but he kind of kind of cut his own little mythos into how psychic powers worked, and mm-hmm. and it kind of made that a very physical thing, um, you know. Because for me, like mind power movies like like psychic powers and shit like this is definitely made for filmmakers to wow audiences like it's it seems like you don't need that much to convey telepathy or moving objects with your mind it's all kind of part of movie magic as it is right do you know what i mean like like you pull these kind of tricks all the time Mm-hmm. So it's like not hard to do it on the camera. You, right. you wouldn't really need a really big budget to convey psychic powers. Yeah. And we know that from YouTube. Right. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by that? Oh, I feel like people making fake videos. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm just saying like it just you don't need to. You just look at somebody weird and you're like, I have to poop really bad. And, <laughs> and then it looks like they're fucking in your head. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, if I'm being honest, like people staring at each other to, to have mind war battles is kind of mm-hmm. schlocky. Mm-hmm. But Cronenberg somehow pulls it off in like a classy way. Mm-hmm. So it's really odd, you know, like this odd mix of like hard sci fi hard like action thriller sort of like uh spies mm-hmm. you know he's got a lot of that themes in some of his work that we'll talk about later too he just does it with class i don't know and and it adds some tension and fresh ideas to the mix so it's really surprising that he's able to keep that level of class with all this together mm-hmm. you know something i think he's done very well in many of his movies specifically around this time it's that balance that he has because you always sort of get a that like a dire thing i was telling you about like in his films everything's so serious it seems intentional mm-hmm. and like it doesn't feel like it's schlocky even if it is he just makes it work in his films mm-hmm. and most directors couldn't do that right. so there's something to be said about that but i enjoyed my watch this time i'm excited to talk about the other films all the way to the last drop which is scanner cop 2 i'd give this one at least a 7.5 maybe an 8 um it's not my favorite of his films but i'll definitely watch it again it was lower on my score before i think Mm -hmm. so it's not his best 
there definitely be there are definitely some memorable scenes in it, but it might be a lot of talking for some people during some of the sections. But if you right. if you pay attention, there's a lot of really really cool stuff in there that they're talking about, and some really great dialogue that are performed well by the actors. Mm-hmm. And the gore bits, of course, are really great in it. So in any case. It's definitely the most serious take in the franchise that you're going to get from here on out, guys. Mm -hmm. So you can currently rent it, like I said, on, you know, wherever your digital outlet is for like $3.99, probably $4.99 or something like that. And if you want to pick it up, you can pick it up right now for 15 bucks from Criterion on Amazon through the links below, which helps us out. So if you're interested, pick it up. So you gave it a six. I get a Mm 7.5. Wow. 6.75. So practically a seven seems about right. That's kind of what I think it was like a six and a half or seven last time. I don't Mm -hmm. remember. It's crazy how shit changes. You know, you just never know. It's it's just your mood. Yeah. Sometimes you're in the mood for like that kind of sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you're not. But I still think that obviously it was hard to do what he did because all these other movies after it are like so different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So different. And like, I don't think anybody's ever really done psychic powers. I really need to delve into it a little bit more because I know that there was the movie The Psychic that I really would like to check out. There was also Minefield, which is like with uh, Michael Ironside, which obviously got that role because of this role we got some really interesting trivia on him by the way would you compare this to like x-men no well me either x-men is too hokey compared to this this is very like sciencey sciencey kind of like stereo instructions like interesting stereo instructions type scanners okay that makes sense does does that make sense yes it's it's more about espionage action thriller Mm -hmm. stuff like that Right. These are very old, out-of-date kind of uh, techniques that you wouldn't get today, where, right. where double agents are working on either side. and you it's, know. it's also funny, because <laughs> when we were watching this, and I didn't mention this in my review because I thought it was stupid, but I'll say it anyway, I, I was like, oh, this would be really interesting if this was like a RoboCop. But I was like, oh, shit, we're watching Scanner Cop next Dude, week. Dude, I would so love I'm to like, see a fucking Cronenberg di- RoboCop movie. Yeah, that's what Holy I was thinking. Shit. Like a half robot with mind powers and, or telekinetic ability. Yeah. Like, But I don't know what Scanner Cop's about, so I didn't want to say that because I felt stupid. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, if, D- if David Cronenberg could do s- fucking RoboCop, it would be the most fucking depressing, like, <laughs> like transformation yeah, process. Yeah. Like, he would be, like, having an orgy with wires or some shit like that. <laughs> He'd be, like, like fucking a vacuum or something and then put it on his back. I uh, would watch that. He would have, like, a dildo <laughs> as a gun or something like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> a little bit too far. I don't Jack in, punk. I don't understand that, but okay. Well, because, like, if you look at Existence, they had a lot of, like, sexual... He has a lot of sexual stuff in his movies. A lot. Oh, okay. This one's probably the least of that, but a lot of his movies do have a lot of sex. He is definitely not shy of that. Let's get into some, some of the trivia, and I'm going to ca- talk a little bit about David Cronenberg and how he treated some of the actors and stuff. Uh-oh. Um, he was a piece of shit. Treated? I'm just kidding. <laughs> like- <laughs> totally kidding about that. <laughs> uh, but if you don't want anything spoiled, I would h- or highly urge you to check out this movie first. Come back. Listen to the trivia. It'll be, we'll be here for you guys whenever you come back. Um, we do have the timestamps down below if you want to skip to the next movie and listen to the spoiler free of that. And then, uh, you know, check those movies out. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So, Ephemeral 
is the drug, which is what they use in the movie, which we looked up ephemeral. It's a different spelling because in the movie they use E-P-H-E-M-E-R-O-L. Ephemeral with an A instead of an O. We means lasting for a short period of time in relation to the concentration of someone experiencing the ebb and flow of nature and existence. So I don't think it's a it's a mistake that they use that word uh, <laughs> for ephemeral. Right. Because it's supposed to right. harmonize everything for those scanners. Mm-hmm. Um, the drug ephemeral bears an eerie similarity to the real-life scandal in the late 1950s as women who had taken thalidomide during pregnancy, marked as a relief for morning sickness, by the way, oh my God. began to give birth to children suffering from phycomelia or physical deformities. Jesus Christ. Like so arms weird. on their head and stuff like that. Oh, it reminds me, I just learned about birth control today and it was not for like... The faint of heart, like right. how they got to that level? It, w- it was for population control. Oh, okay. It's crazy. Let's not go there. Yeah. Although, you know, I'm pretty sure David Cronenberg would probably be very interested in what you just said and turn it into some fucking crazy movie, which is kind of the brood, huh? Yeah. Oh, well, the history of this whole thing... Which in also Puerto Rico is involved, like the country. Okay, well, let's not. Go anyway, there. yeah, I'll, I'll get us all off subject, <laughs> but that would be an interesting movie. Well, you might want to watch The Brood. I want to rewatch that just for fun, mm-hmm. for funsies. Oh, okay. Um, the questions I have when watching this movie, by the way, is: Is this movie a conversation about drugs? You know, the drug companies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got two warring fucking drug companies in mm-hmm. this movie who don't know about each other's... Well, they know about each other's existence, but they're working on the same thing, and they're trying to f- compete for this, like, drug to cure these, like, psychic powers people. Meanwhile, you got different factions of people who are psychic, like the bad guys, and then the under guys, underground guys who are also, like, spiritual healers. Mm-hmm. You know, that don't believe in using drugs or anything like that to heal them- themselves, which right. I feel like if he had had more time to kind of iron these things out, that would have been the dynamic in which he was trying to express is how the pharmaceutical companies are probably kind of like controlling the world in some way, mm-hmm. because a lot of his movies are very like, you know, video drums, subliminal messages and how, you know, if you watch bad shit on TV, it's going to make you kill people. Right. You know, or uh, existence video games will make you fucking kill people mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, like any he has a lot of different like tales like that are twisted a little bit that it takes science and it kind of twists it a little bit and mm-hmm. like changes it, you know. But I was just kind of wondering if this is like about mental problems and how people because they treat the the scanner disease as a disease. Right. And this is the the cure. And there's so many different types of cure in this movie that people are dealing with that all seem to work Mm -hmm. or not work. Or make worse. And the, the the corporations who are these pharmacy companies are warring with each other and also trying to destroy the the health the, the health guru people because they're not gonna make money off of it. You know what I mean? Like it right. feels like there's 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 some sort of like underlying message that I think that he would have kind of come to if he hadn't already with that. I'm sure he thought about it. It's not that much of a complex idea right. <laughs> you know, when he was making that. But I've I looked up to try to find him talking about this movie and all I can find is that just how he just spent so much time every day working on it uh-huh. and that you know he's not exactly 100 happy with it 
But he should remake it. No, he's going to do that other one. He's remaking his own thing. Maybe he'll remake this one too. Well, and you have Cameron in this movie who has a lot of issues dealing with the background noise until he takes the medicine. Mm-hmm. While the Revic, Michael Ironside's character, is like the raw version of that, where he tried to drill into his fucking head. Mm-mm. Right. You know. Yeah. And this is, you know, this isn't like I said. This isn't confirmed, but I'm pretty sure in the deep recesses of fucking Cronenberg's mind, he would have fired a few synapses to make this work in the movie somehow. Mm -hmm. and put a finer point on it because a lot of his movies have a message about something you know Mm -hmm. it's just like he just gets stuck on this interesting thing and then bastardize it like crash people who are addicted to crashes right because they were scared to get into one Mm -hmm. so they got into crashes and then they started like getting addicted to getting into car crashes (laughs) you know like he read a book and that's his interpretation of the book Uh (laughs) not necessarily what the book is about (laughs) you know what i mean so uh uh, william s burroughs actually he you know you know i don't know if you know but you've have you seen naked lunch no i haven't the cronenberg film it's based off the the william s burroughs book Mm -hmm. his novel called naked lunch from 1959 and it contains a chapter concerning senders which they call are a hostile organization of telepaths bent on world domination it's a a clear literary inspiration for this film obviously you know and he is definitely a fan of william s burroughs Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm sure he's probably a fan of hunter s thompson and Mm -hmm. jack kerouac and all that other shit too that was all the time back then Mm -hmm. as i mentioned uh cronenberg had to work on this film every single day before shooting that's a hundred percent true they a lot of people say that it contributes to why the the movie is a little splotchy and pacing a little bit and it's a little hectic. And the reason why they did this is they said that it was a very different time in Canada where all the money for films was given out at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So for the next year, you know what I mean? The whole year. So producers were like, anyone got a movie? And he was like, well, I kind of do. Like these psychics have an underground ring and they sort of try to take over. And they were like, perfect, let's do it. (laughs) And then two weeks later, he literally was like in the middle of making this movie. That's how fucking quick it went. Wow. But, you know, obviously he'd proven himself. Mm -hmm. The brood was very successful, I guess. Uh, Uh You know, enough that they were like, let's go make a movie. Right. He said it was a terrible experience. He would never recommend it for anybody to ever fucking do it. <laughs> I would could imagine. I think it would be career ending for a lot of people. You right. know what I mean? Like, that's not a way to, to work creatively. Right. Because you're, yeah, we all know that, like, a lot of directors and everybody have to kill their darlings because they can't get everything that they want into a movie because it costs too much money or there's not enough materials or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to, like, mold the movie around the situations as they come, but that's just a regular movie mm-hmm. as it comes. Having to change everything literally all the time and write the whole fucking screenplay while you're doing it. He said that people, they would have a scene together. There would be like three actors. They'd be talking face to face and would switch cameras between the two of them. The camera wouldn't, they wouldn't have not shot the third person yet. And they hadn't written that person's dialogue yet. Wow. So they were still, he was writing their dialogue after they'd already shot the scene Mm -hmm. to fill it in to make sure that that third person fit into their conversation. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? Right. That's a lot. That's like some meta fucking writing, (laughs) man. That's something intense. But even though all that intense writing was going on and all this other shit that was happening, it was still number one at the box office in North America. Oh, that's good. It was the first one of his movies to ever do that, too. Mm -hmm. So... 
um, the obvious infamous head exploding scene that you everybody knows about. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people know this story already, but they were trying to get it to work and they couldn't get it to work. They were going to do it all in post. So they exploded a real person? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a funny story on that. Michael Ironside was like, how are you going to do this scene? And he's like, well, we're going to explode it with this or we're going to use a shotgun. And he was like, uh, okay, I'll do it. Uh, you're going to use like plexiglass and all this other shit so it doesn't hit me because the buckshot's going to go everywhere, right? And he was like, I'll do it, but you're going to have to pay me a hell of a lot more. Uh-huh. And they were like, yeah, no, 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 no. We'll do it in post. <laughs> so when he's like getting up after the head explodes, it never happened there. They uh-huh. just shot it afterwards. Oh, but they okay. filled the head. It was like made of wax. They did, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the regular fake blood. They put like gelatin brain bits, uh, supposedly some livers in it. I don't remember hearing that. And then they they couldn't get it to work, and they were just mm-hmm. getting tired of it. And Gary Zeller, the uh, the special effects guy, he couldn't get the head to blow up right, so they they set an actual shotgun up at an angle, pointed up towards the back of his head, mm-hmm. and just put loaded it full of kosher salt, and mm-hmm. and it and it blew it up, and it looked amazing. Oh, that's okay. I right. didn't know that's what how they, they did it. And they had multiple takes too because they uh-huh. thought, oh well, this might be too much. Oh yeah, for the yeah. ratings board or whatever. Right. They were like, they're going to give this an X rating, and <laughs> you right. know, like we're not going to get away with this. But it looked amazing, and all the different cuts that they had, that was the best one. And mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, was, it's pretty cool. It was a pretty lucky shot. Yeah. So, but they yeah they could not get away with doing shit like that these days. You know? Right. They did that outside of a warehouse outside. He was like, everybody get in your vans or vehicles. I'm going to do this shit. So uh, Michael Ironside said that he was super happy with his experience with David Cronenberg on the set. He said it. he's just I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's just one of a kind. You know, mm-hmm. not only could he balance working just on the spot and still be himself, but he also made the environment for working and doing these awkward, you know, mm-hmm. scenes comfortable that's a huge deal for a lot of actors Mm -hmm. and this is not the first time i've heard people say that about cronenberg Mm -hmm. there's been women i think it was in shivers or it was one of the other ones that we just reviewed i'm pretty sure it was shivers Uh Mm uh-huh one of the girls was very uncomfortable and he sat and shot that whole scene with her Mm -hmm. i remember us talking about that Shit, I don't even remember. So I'm pretty sure that that was like, that's something that he just wanted to, you know, make. He wants the actors to really perform the way that they want. Right. And some actors do it a different way. Right. They're like, even Michael Ironside said that he's like, sometimes they're real dicks. And he's like, I kind of like that. You know, it kind of makes me do something that I would never do Mm -hmm. out of anger or something. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just think that's interesting to hear another person say that about David. So that seems like it's a pretty factual thing about him. And he's pretty consistent on set. Mm -hmm. Um, An interesting tidbit about Michael Ironside is that he came from a really, really, really poor family. He said he lived with his family as a child in a 12 by 12 home, 12 foot by 12 foot. Uh-huh. And that was it. With a big family, he said he lived his life in books, science fiction books in particular he loved, mm-hmm. and uh, became an actor. And th- you know how much money he made for this role? How much? $5,300. Oh, wow. Canadian for the whole thing. Oh, wow. People were making that per hour or per week. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and he was probably happy with it. Yeah. He, he seemed kind of like cool about it. He didn't seem like he was pissed or like... You know, he had to earn his stripes. He was okay with that. 
So it mm-hmm. seems like so. And he's been in a ton of movies and made a ton of money since then anyway. But it, it really drove him to be better at his craft. Right. Which he was already good, even at that th- the age of 30 when he was doing that. Mm-hmm. So uh, he said he was also really, really interested in the material of this. And they had no knowledge of this. But his own brothers and sisters, he said, had telepathic powers. Uh-huh. That actually could move things and stuff like that. So he was a 100% believer in that. Do you believe in that? I don't know. I know. I'm like open-minded, like anything is possible. I, I can't prove but it, that's a but little... I can't disprove it either. Right. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I, at some point, it's science, right? Like right. we can figure out what we can or can't do. And there's so many things in the brain that you don't know what's going on up there. I used to believe when I was a kid a lot, you know, mm-hmm. because I used to have a lot of like coincidences happen. Mm-hmm. I would guess things. I would get the jelly jar, jar contest all the time. Like weird shit like that. You know what I mean? Like right. just stuff that you wouldn't normally like I would pop in movies. Where on. Where it my, wasn't like a coincidence. Yeah, no, like it was too much. Right. Like, and I've had this my whole life. Right. Oh, I know. I know you do. Because every, every single fucking time we go to the casino, you win. <laughs> well, I like, don't know about that. Fu- well, like, not a you lot. You hear that, kids? Get out and gamble. I never fucking win. That like, doesn't mean anything. That's not proof of anything. I know, but still. I just know. Like, there's something with you. <laughs> I've got the best and the worst luck. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, you really, just don't know what you're going to get. It's it's all or nothing yeah. with you. You're not, like, mid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why you love me, baby. <sighs> she likes to gamble, too, apparently. Gamble on you. Uh, is that what you meant? No. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> anyway, Lawrence Dane, who played Heller in the movie, he was sort of the bad guy, the henchman, one of the henchmen. Uh, he had broken his back a few years before he made this movie, and all the scenes that he's acting in, he had back pain. Aww. But he couldn't feel it. He said he's because uh, Michael Ironside's like, didn't you break your back like a few years ago? And he was like, he's like, the only time I don't feel it is when I'm actually acting. Huh. So he just like maybe he's focused te- so maybe much. He's a telepath. Hey, man, <laughs> people, they, they talk about that in this movie about how yoga masters could. Right. You know, and that's like real shit, like where they could right. like blisters could form on their skin or disappear. Mm-hmm. They could slow their heart rate down to their dead. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Like, you know. Right. They can they can control stuff that most people can control. And I feel like that's all part of just the focus. It's the brain. Maybe. Something in the brain. This feels like a very um closer <laughs> I don't know about popping people's heads and shit like that, but it sure does make fucking great cinema. Right. You know, exactly. when you can do that's a little, yeah, that's a little exaggerated. Like you know, stuff like this is always exaggerated. So what are some scenes that you really like in this movie? Or don't like. I did like the beginning in the mall when they were explaining the story and that the older lady was like talking shit and like he could hear her talking shit in his mind. Oh, yeah. Right. And then she, uh, didn't he start giving her a heart attack or something? Oh, accidentally. Yeah. He didn't even realize. He was right. just like, she was making me do it. That's what he said later on. Right. Right. Which oh. didn't make any sense. But well, probably because he heard her. I don't know. He heard his own voice in his head. Mm-hmm. He just didn't know how to control it. He was a he was a newbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that part after the head pops, obviously, which is really early on in the movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great, you know, I love it, and we could talk about it to death, but I'm sure many have before us. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this part afterwards where they're having a, a big board meeting at Consec, which is the company that is trying to make the ephemeral, and they hire Doctor Ruth and everything. 
they're having a, a department head uh, meeting as to what they need to do about the situation. And one of the heads says we should do away with these silly projects like the scanner project. <laughs> While Dr. Ruth is like, we just had a dude infiltrate and embarrass the shit out of this company without any notice. And he turned out to be a fucking assassin. And he got through our fucking like defense lines with no problems. <laughs> And you want to close up the only project that could prevent shit like this from happening? <laughs> right. He's like, do I need to prove any more to you, you dumb shit? I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm speaking for him. He's way more eloquently than I am. But they bicker back and forth about what to do. And some underground scanner group is happening. And Dr. Rue suggests that the, they use the most recent scanner, which is this guy, Cameron Vale, who's got untapped talent and doesn't know about his skills even to infiltrate their group and destroy it from the inside out. And this is the theme that I feel is very present in a lot of Cronenberg's work. You got double agents, agents in general, working on both sides to infiltrate some sort of group. Mm -hmm. Like in Videodrome, they do this, where it's like, you know, they got the, the glasses place and then they got the the place where the homeless people go to, to, to the cathode ray, you know, like how they like battle like the the local level and then at the at the at the government level and like the corporate level and like it's all about brainwashing and how to best brainwash people and there's these double agents that are working on both sides for both companies and like they use Max Ren to like infiltrate both of their places and you don't know which side he's working on they do it in existence when they're trying to develop this new program that you can plug into to be become part of this fucking VR world and people are saying that it's going to change reality and they're fighting against the, uh, the, the, the downfall of mankind which would be to to eliminate reality the way that we perceive it and make people dependent on reality through these devices mm -hmm. which is you know is so far ahead of its time in so many fucking ways with Cronenberg like Videodrome alone and then he's just all he's doing is really just bastardizing it, mm -hmm. which is pretty much if you think about what some of the forefathers of this country did is just bastardize something and and try to fuck it up as much as they can. So that, you know, years into the future, they're like, what what would come of this if, if we got to this point? Mm -hmm. You know, and he's like comes up with these ideas and and now we're like, what? We're addicted to our fucking phones. We're trying to like escape reality online has become reality i mean mm -hmm. you know like but there's that double agent thing that i was talking about they do it in naked lunch there's like different types of drugs that you can use and everybody wants to kit this guy to fucking like work for them and like do literary work like write for him and he's doing three different drugs in the movie and they all kind of like have double agents in there so this is like a omnipresent thing in all of his stuff mm-hmm I don't know why, but if anybody else is feeling me here, because Christina's looking at me like she doesn't know what the fuck. I don't fuck. know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, she hasn't seen these movies. So I she's like not. bewildered looking at me no right now. No idea what you're talking about. I did like, so towards the end of the movie, one of my favorite scenes was when they were, when she was in the doctor's office and then there was a pregnant lady in the doctor's office. Well, towards the end, yeah. Yeah, and then the, the baby was scanning her. Was that's so when funny. they find out that the that's, yeah. The, yeah, that the, yeah. The, it's that drug that they were using as a kid in the 50s or 60s or whatever. Right, to yeah. prevent, yeah, morning sickness. Something like that. Mm-hmm. There was a scene where, uh, what's his name? Cameron Vale meets up with, uh, uh, Dr. Oberist. 
and her mm-hmm. like, you know, metaphysical sort of spiritual crystal healing people. And they're all sitting around doing like a like a powwow or something, a psychic powwow where they're all connected. Oh, yeah. It was like a group scan. Yeah. They're having like a Internet psychic powwow. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're all connected through landline mm-hmm. psychic powers through their mind. And it was like they were all amazed. And all these guys bust in and start trying shooting to yeah, like, like shooting dudes and stuff. And it's like I, I immediately think-, think of like the scene in Don't Break the Contact. You know, when they're doing a seance. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to have their hands touching. Right. And they always say, don't break the contact because it's like, it could be detrimental to the to uh, the person who lets go or whatever. It's funny. But then the one doctor is like, oh my God, she like snaps and looks at him and throws these two dudes up against the wall and they catch fire. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> oh, do you remember that time when they bring Dr. Oberist in to Heller guy, guys? He works at Consec and they they have him they have Cameron Vale go out to find somebody to implant themselves into the Revix organization. Uh-huh. And he thinks Kim Oberist is part of that organization, but she's just known him and got away from him. Right. And so he tells Consec, who he's working with Dr. Ruth and this Heller guy, and when you find out later that Heller is a double agent, and so he brings in Kim Oberist into the room and he's like she, he's like, what's your name? She's like, Kim Oberist, and you are? And he's like, not important. And then it's got a zoomed up shot of his, his name, name badge <laughs> right there, dude. <laughs> I don't know what that was a mistake. It had to be. Dude, it had to have been. And the look on her face, too, because for like a split second, like she had like this glare on her face. <laughs> and I was like, she knows about the name tag. They, that's when they're like, you know, kind of shit hits the fan and they escape and Cameron hacks the mainframe from a telephone booth. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kind of probably, I would assume, like a throwback to like that famous hacking. Remember the guy out in the telephone booth? It's one of the biggest hacks in history. It's like one of the, the first hacks. I have no Where idea. a guy hacked like some sort of company or something through a telephone out uh-huh. in the middle of the desert. Oh, wow. It's like a landmark. Like it's like a oh, real really? thing. Yeah, there's like a landmark. Oh, I want to go. Yeah. Well, I don't know if the, the phone booth's there. I think somebody put one up and sh- just to replace it, you know, just oh, as just a memory. Oh, like a monument? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Bill and Ted or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which they really should put one at that circle. K. Right. I know. I know. Who's don't. stupid? Why wouldn't they do that? We live right down the street from the original Circle K and from Bill and Ted's. That's why we're saying. Yeah. That. Which is not in California, by the way. Yeah. It's a tempe. But anyway, so Cameron, he hacks the computer because they compare the computer's nervous system to his nervous system and how they're really not that much different, which really doesn't make that much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's trying to essentially delete it. Um, the Keller guy before he gets the information out and to, to like hurt Cameron because he's like hacking the computer with his mind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're like, <laughs> it was a really funny part. Cause like one of the scientists guys, he's like, He's like, because Keller stands in the middle of the room, like waiting for something bad to happen. And the scientist is like, oh, you don't have to worry about that. It's 
you know, it, it's, it's all buttons. done internally. It's it's it's, a, it's done. It's a painless process, and he's like, "Ah, oh, see, it's done." And then, boom! He's <laughs> like, w- "Before he said that, though, he was like, well, you haven't deleted, tried deleting the memory of a fucking scanner, have you?'" Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm preparing myself for this." And then this guy's like, "See, nothing happened." And then, boom! He gets thrown <laughs> through a fucking window. <laughs> that was funny. And then on the other side of it, he's in the phone booth, and I thought it was really cool because the phone actually started melting. Yeah, you yeah. know what it reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of that movie, um, oh, The Gate, where the phone melts. And then there's oh, like man. a like a, a Freddy one, I think, where a phone melts into. Oh, uh-huh. So that was like a tr- camera trick that they were doing back then. Mm-hmm. There was some new technology that they used in this movie. Uh, the bladders under the skin. Uh, oh, for the veins? Yeah, and stuff? for the veins and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where they would pump all this liquid into their heads mm-hmm. to make it seem like they were using their psychic powers, their mind powers so much that they were like fucking freaking out and like busting a blood vessel (laughs) but they weren't supposed to leak right they had to poke holes in them so that the blood would go through otherwise it wouldn't uh-huh. So that's why you see blood come oh, out. Oh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always a little bit coming out. They had two different endings, by the way. That oh, they, really? They had to reshoot the very ending because Cronenberg uh, was not very happy with it. There was one where Cameron Vale, his head just, like, pops, and there's, like, this electrical fire mm-hmm. that sprays out the top of his head. Oh, shit. But, I don't remember. No, we didn't. It wasn't oh, in the movie. That, it was oh, cut. That's what I'm telling cut. you. Oh, okay. You didn't see it because it wasn't in there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, they cut that out and then changed it to what they did, which is where he catches fire. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that's, you know, the the whole poop war begins right there <laughs> where they're staring at each other. They're making weird faces <laughs> and like they, they use their mind powers to make veins pop out of each other's arms, faces, uh, which leak. And then camera hands, his hands light up on fire. And then his eyes pop out while Revic screams and his eyes turn white. And Oberus wakes up and comes into the room and she finds Camera's body toasted on the ground. But she's like, this isn't him. He's near. And you hear his voice in the corner under the coat and it's Revic, but only Cameron has taken over his body. So they like switched. Yeah. Weird. So the the contacts that he was wearing to make those eyes blue. Mm-hmm were to make it look like Cameron Vale's eyes. Oh. The contacts that he used for Cameron Vale didn't fit right, and they were hurting his eyes. Mm -hmm. So they ended up using Dustin Hoffman's Big Little Man. I forget what the movie was called. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they used Dustin Hoffman's eyes from that movie. I think it's called Big Little Man or something like that. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Where he's like an old man. He played an old man that Dick Smith uh, did some of the uh, work on. It was like some... Famous, oh, so, famous okay. movie for prosthetics and makeup and shit like that. So mm-hmm. I, I've never seen it, but it's not Big Little Man, not the comedy movie or whatever. I just can't think of what it's called. But yeah, so that's everything that we have for that movie. I know we went a little long winded on that one, but we got to give the most to the big one, right? Oh, yeah, that's the main one. Yeah, this is the one that's got like most people all wet and, you know, ready to fuck. Bother. So let's get into the shitty one. <laughs> <laughs> The shitty one or? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, so we do have another movie that we're going to be talking about, and that is? Uh, Scanners 2, The New Order from 1991. Mm-hmm. A Montreal politician exploits a scanner and others like him who have explosive psychic powers. Yes. Tagline. He could make you do anything if he puts his mind to it. Oh, God. <laughs> there was another one, but I don't... Ugh. 
Right, they were. Th- they uh, both. That was terrible. Great. Yeah, directed by Christian Duai. We think we don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. And he is a Canadian director. He, French Canadian. Uh, French Canadian. Uh, he also did Scanners Three, uh, Screamers, Trafficking, A Bag of Marbles, and The Art of War from two thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the screenplay was written by B.J. Nelson, who also wrote Scanners Three. He also did a movie called Lone Wolf McQuaid and Orion's Key. Mm-hmm. This movie stars David Hewitt, who plays David. He was also in Cube. He played Dave in that Nothing movie from 2003. Yeah, that I made you watch recently. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't like it? I, I don't remember. You I don't remember asleep. liking it. Uh, he was also in Splice, The Shape of Water, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Stargate Atlantis, Friday the 13th, the series. Uh, Deborah Raffin, who plays Julie, she was in Death Wish, Haywire, Seventh Heaven for a season. Most recently, she was in Grizzly 2, Revenge. Which we need to do. Right. Evan, also starring Ivan Ponton, who plays John Forrester, the commander. He was in Slapshot. Uh, He's a French-Canadian actor, and he's been in a bunch of French-Canadian movies. Right. Which I'm not going to pronounce. Also starring... Raul Chirillo, who plays Peter Drack, he was in Riddick, Cowboys and Aliens. He was Long Shadow in True Blood, Apocalypto, and Frankenfish. Okay. Yeah. And Alex, what did you think of uh, Scanners 2? Well, we do have some makeup guys I want to go over real quick. Um, I got uh, Mike Smithson, who did uh, special effects makeup supervisor for Shadowworks. He did start, he, he started with The Midnight Hour, which I believe is a TV show back in the day. Sounds he, like it. He also worked on Michael Jackson's EO, Teen Wolf 2. Rart, Return of the Living Dead 2, Night of the Demons, Dead Heat, The Blob, which is a big one, Exorcist 3. There was a lot of people that worked on The Blob, though. But if you were one of those people, you're a fucking legend. You know what I mean? Uh, he also did Brain Scan, Fear and Loathing, Deadpool 2, Dis- Star Trek Discovery. You got Roxy Dialons, who is also a special effects artist who worked on this film. She started on Rebel High and then did Mindbenders plus Amityville Curse. Mm. Sorry about that. That's a winner. Sorry, Roxy. You did a good job in it. That's all I care. The movie's terrible, though. Um, uh, but this one and Scanners 3, obviously. Super Mario Brothers, the live action Screamers. Uh, a lot of spoof movies like Date Movie, Epic Movie, Walk Hard. She did, like, episodes of Dexter and, like, uh, Fast and the Furious 7, 8, 9, plus, like, Thor. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's moved up. We also have William Forsh, who is known as Bill Forsh, I guess. He started out with the movie from 84 called The Game, Critters, From Beyond, Dolls, The Outing, Lost Boys, Slaughterhouse Rock, Beetlejuice, Night of the Demons, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Howling 4, Exorcist 3, Buffy Movie, and the new Nightmare remake. So a lot of talent on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than I thought there would be. You know what I mean? Right. So um, this is a straight-to-video release that came out on June 28th of 1991. It was for... They made it an estimated $5 million. Um, I'm... I've got some thoughts about that that we'll go into a little bit later about where that $5 million went, because I think they split that $5 million over these two movies. Makes more sense. And what did you think, Alex? This is a completely stark, like, difference in, like, tone from the original. I mean, the original has its flaws, understandably, but this, woo, boy! 
<laughs> this is like 10 years too bad. Like they waited 10 years to make this. You know what I mean? Like, wow, you had a lot of time to think this out, iron it out, whatever. But it just feels rushed. I mean, it's it's a tolerable movie if you have it on in the background, but it's kind of a typical TV movie tropic kind of movie that just doesn't deliver. You know, they try to make it this overall well-rounded movie with like a love interest and all these moving parts and everything like that. But even the first movie wasn't this complex and it was unnecessary, unnecessarily complex. And they didn't just, they didn't fan it out. Like it's like they just blew their load all over the screen and info dumped all over you, like right <laughs> off in the beginning. You know what I mean? Right. Instead of like leaving a little mystery to what's actually going on, like he does in his movies, like Cronenberg does, he, you find that shit out through the process of filmmaking. This, however, is just like, it's, it's just throw everything you got. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, having to take the wheel after Cronenberg, even if he, this isn't his greatest work ever. Those are some pretty fucking big shoes to fill for any director. And I, you know, got to give him props for trying. Mm -hmm. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's just not something that I'm interested. It's going to be one of those ones in the movie that I'll watch every time I watch this entire franchise, but not excitedly. You could skip this one. It's obvious it's a lower pedigree of film here. Very typical stuff. Cinemax late night gore shit. Mm -hmm. The gore is good. All the new characters that don't really add up to much of a story. You end up finding out how they're connected and it doesn't even really make any logical sense because it's like, how are they this old? <laughs> like the years don't add up in this movie. I won't explain how, but it's really not all that surprising or interesting either. It just kind of feels like any other fucking movie you've seen. Only the guy has powers, doesn't realize he has powers, meets girl, things go good, then bad, save girl, twist, ending and dumb. So, I mean, I hate that. I, I don't really mean to pick on this movie. You know what I mean? I'm not like trying to shit all over it or anything like that. Like I said, I've seen a lot worse. And even if you look at it, its own movie and never saw the original, it's barely pushing average. Mm -hmm. Like it just doesn't feel like there's much interesting stuff going on at all. There are some, you know, like some good and bad scanners in the movie and they have like this sort of warring faction, which is kind of interesting, which I feel like they should have made more characters for the bad side to kind of battle against, you know, it's like, I don't know, but they made this like twisty story where they were trying to be like Cronenberg, but they didn't have the jobs almost, mm -hmm. you know. It just doesn't make, I don't know, it just doesn't make for good movie watching. They did shoot this movie back to back with the third film, as I mentioned, and it does seem like some of this, some of these came in the package deal. So, you know, like they wrote two stories and they were like, which one do you like for part two? You know, which one do you like for the sequel? And they're like, well, what do you got? And they're like, well, I got this and I got this. And they were like, hmm, what if we did both of them and I gave you, could you make a movie? Could you make two movies with this amount of money? If I just gave you $5 million? Yeah, I could do that. And then they just released them on the same year. Right, like, which is just kind of weird because that's what they right. did with Critters. If you've ever seen the Critters franchise, right. they have those two movies mm -hmm. that they made back to back mm -hmm. that they put out one year later or something like that. Right. 
but well, this is the same year though. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's weird. It is weird, but that was the whole video craze. Yeah, that's true. Early nineties, people yeah. would just eat up fucking media like that back yeah. then. That was before the internet, so that was video stores. That was prime time blockbuster shit. Right, they'll watch it. They'll eat it up. Yeah, they'll rent it. This one just feels like I don't know. Like it just doesn't deliver anything that's redeemable. Except there is more gore to the movie, and it ain't bad at all. It's actually pretty decent stuff. Like, there is some pretty decent effects in this movie, like practical effects, and which definitely gets you through the movie, but in no way makes you think it's worth picking out on its own. Like, if you were to say, oh, let's watch part two, dude, that one's the best one. No, you're not going to get that feeling with this one. Right. Which, which is sad because I do like the gore in this movie, and I think it is pretty decent, and this just isn't the, the best movie to put that great gore in. They should have saved it for the next movie. I'd say that this could be the least favorite movie in the franchise franchise that's my guess right now because i was just like Ugh. Mm-hmm. i haven't seen scanner cop 2 if i did I, I don't remember soon so yeah like in that it's up to it's between those two i know where scanner Cop. i've seen scanner cop and i, I remember where i think of that mm-hmm. um you know we'll rank them after next week's episode guys because we're gonna do scanner cop 2 1 and 2 next week mm-hmm. so we'll rank them all in order of best to worst and our personal opinions or whatever but but, you know, for a movie that had about a million more than its predecessor, this is the first a hell of a lot more than this movie ever could. So that's why I think they only had two and a half million dollars and they probably didn't even make that stretch very well. So I'd give this movie probably a 3.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It's watchable, just not that enjoyable unless you're just going through the franchise like we are. Obviously, you're going to watch it in that case, but enjoy. That's a whole nother story. So it's just okay. It's out on Tubi, though, so it's not going to cost you anything to watch it. You just got to watch a few ads. And part three is as well, if you want to watch it there. Otherwise, like I said, you can pick up the two-pack for super cheap. It's like 14 at Scream Factory and like 13 on Amazon. And we'll provide links down below for both. Christina, what did you think? This movie was shit. (laughs) Great. They were throwing like too much all at once. Like you were saying, uh, um, I did. Okay. I did like how they kept like the same lore of it with like the kids and like how they got infected to, to become scanners and stuff, which is sure. just like a little blip in this movie. It wasn't, but at least they kept that part alive. I mean, the acting wasn't even that great. A lot of them felt it's like really TV flat. movie. Like it back really, in the day. Yeah, it really was. It wasn't like that shitty great. TV movie back and then. The weird little twist in this that doesn't make mathematical sense. At all, because, you know, there's only 10 years apart in this movie, so it's like, it made no fucking sense. I won't spoil anything, but (laughs) no, I did not like this. I gave it a 2 out of 10. Please do not make me watch this again. Really? That bad, huh? God, it wasn't that great at all. There was some cool gore in it, though. I mean, like, at least it it is about scanners, and they, they, I actually think that some of the fights and stuff in this with the mind powers were looked less ridiculous than the next movie, at least. (laughs) I know, I couldn't even, I honestly don't even have a scene I liked. Well, I got a lot of trivia and stuff on it anyway, but yeah. two out of ten, I gave it a three point five, so that's about two seven five. It's pretty bad. I got three out of ten total for, and then, what would you even categorize that? And the so bad it's good, no, it, but it's not. It's just so bad. <laughs> it's just so bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I mean, like I said, I've seen worse. It's not that hard to follow along, but it does drag quite a bit. So, and it's weird just 
to keep you know people around. It's weird going from this movie to the next movie, right? And it's completely d- different. It's a completely yeah, which we were not expecting, but we'll right. talk about that later. Right. We do have some trivia on it, not much, and uh, of course we're going to get into some of our scenes that we'll talk about uh, that we did or did not like. Probably did not like, <laughs> but there is a few things we did like. So I'm not an asshole. But if you don't want anything spoiled, there is timestamps down below, so you can skip to the spoiler-free part of part three, which is the takeover, and you can. Check Check that out below and then skip to the end if you want for what we're going to be talking about next week, which is you already know. So you don't even need to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I said that. But anyway, if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So to appease the ratings board, which was being particularly critical of horror movies during this era, the filmmakers shot because there was, you know, so many movies coming out on video. Mm-hmm. It was just easier to make movies. So everybody was making movies. So right. they were being a little bit more particular about what the, what came through because they weren't following the regulations. They weren't like regular filmmakers. So a lot of these people came out of nowhere to make stuff. And the filmmakers shot numerous variations of scenes to enable them to create R-rated and unrated and TV edits for the film. Ah. So that way they, you know, That's why it's optimized. T- yeah. It's TV-ish. Right. Feels like it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a veterinarian professor in the very beginning that's played by Victor Knight, who apparently previously started in the original scanners as Dr. Frayne. He's the doctor that gets interrupted by Cameron Vale at some point in time. Huh. And they made him the only actor from the original film to return to the sequel. So. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even recognize him. So. Right. But all those mind freaks <laughs> that see that shit. Here you go. The power ballad at the very end of the movie called Mind to Mind (laughs) that plays during the end credits was written and produced by the legendary Canadian hair band Aldo Nova, best known for their hit single Fantasy in our top 20 countdown. I like it when your radio voice busts out. (laughs) That's also my stripper uh, DJ voice. (laughs) Here comes Starlight coming down to dance on the straight. Why don't you get them $5 bills out of your wallet, gentlemen? Don't forget to tip your bartender and get those drinks. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, um, but that's it. That's it. No more trivia. Not much for these two movies, by the way. That's fine. Not a lot of nostalgia that's uh, swiveling around this this uh, particular uh, movie. What is that? Okay, so what do you think it is about this movie that doesn't it feel like just so familiar? Like it's like a add water kind of movie. Yeah, and I didn't like how they were trying to like put a love story in it. Oh yeah, you know I'm like it's just too. It's not it's even like, believable. What are you doing? Like what? Are, what are you doing? Okay. Well, there was two. Was there two? No, that's I'm getting confused with the other one. Right. That's right. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I didn't like it. Then there was a whole sister angle, which yeah, she just comes in and out of nowhere, and I was like, oh yeah, my god, like- I was like he's banging his sister because I got the names confused. <laughs> And Christina was like, oh, my God, they're pulling a Star Wars, Christina. And I was like, oh, like, I looked at. What the fuck? It's an Olders? What the fuck? Because I looked at IMDb ahead of time and thought that that was her name. The girlfriend's name was Joyce. Oh, but it was like the actress's name. But it was. No, no, no. Like, I, I got the names mixed up. Oh, yeah, that would have been interesting, though. I, I had his sister's name. I thought was the girlfriend's name. So. <laughs> That's right. We're like, why is it he, he telling her on the phone? Yeah. <laughs> But she tells them, and they're like, oh, we were Cameron Vale and uh, uh, Oberus, Dr. Oberus's children. Because I guess they banged and had kids. Yeah, 10 years ago, which they, yeah. they should be nine years old. 
Maybe they had superpowers and sprouted out to like 23. Yeah. It, it was stupid. There's like, and they got this whole new angle where they got this like bad, like gone bad, like totally mental, fucking crazy, fucking psychopathic, fucking murdering spree, fucking uh, scanner who just doesn't know how to deal with things. And he's like murdering people around him. And like, he like falls into an arcade that looks like Flynn's <laughs> from Tron or whatever. <laughs> and, then like, and he starts playing the video games with his mind. Yeah. Like where he's using the little gun and it's like moving by itself mm-hmm. and like shooting everything at like really fast speeds, which is kind of cool, but. I don't know. It's just it's very lackluster. And the whole angle about the the police chief or the commander or whatever, like, and he's using the scanners to to get into power, and, uh, right. and then he's like fucking him over. And I'm like, well, are there, you fucking stupid? Like, the, so there's this commander who's working with the scientist who is uh, trying to get these scanners to help them take over and get into power. Um, they they pitch this shit to David, the character that that we follow in this movie, played by David Hewlett, and he is, of course, told that they're going to be stopping crime with it, so he thinks he's going to use his mind powers for good, but it's really not good, and, like, they get him to do bad things, like tell the fucking, you know, chief of police who's going to be the next chief of police is the commander, and he's like, I feel like I did something bad, something's wrong, you know? And he's, like, back and forth talking to one of the fucked up scanners, like, the crazy scanner who's, like, a murdering guy. Like, and why is he, like, just, like, doing whatever they say? Because they have a drug that makes him not feel so crazy? Yeah, because the drugs is supposed to be, like, heroin. Like, they need it. They were trying to help him, but, you know, he, he's, he's a work in progress. You know, he's like, yeah, Davy boy. You know, like, he does a good job of being the medicine yeah, he does guy. A good job, yeah. But it's, it's, like, really overdone. Mm-hmm. Like, in a, in a, so bad it's good way yeah kind of but it, it just doesn't blend all together as a whole does, they don't work together well at all no meanwhile we're introduced into another arm of the science lab where they're into drug dealing <laughs> Where a few scanners go after a cocaine dealer in his office and they make his guard kill himself or kill the guy and then kill him and That's fall weird. down the stairs while taking his vault money and drugs. And the detective on the case is part of it and takes all the reward for it. And so they think that he's like helping out in the, you know, the neighborhood and shit like that. Which, I mean, man, this movie just throws you into the deep end with all this shit right off the bat, too. Like I was saying, like mm-hmm. they really don't give a fuck. They're just like, here's all this crazy shit going on. You'll like it because it's complex right no no there was a puppy in the movie though that we really liked that was really cute <laughs> i'm so glad no one killed the puppy dude there was that scene where like he uh she runs out she throws the soup in his face or whatever the, in the, the cop's face yeah and yeah. then like i was like oh my god he's gonna step on the puppy right <laughs> that's what i was worried about in this shitty movie <laughs> is the goddamn puppy which she left the door open she did he could have gotten out. They never went back. They never went back. But yeah. I think they had the puppy at the end, didn't they? Or no, they didn't even show it. No. So it's probably dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, it probably <laughs> is dead because it was 1991. Whatever. So. Stop. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> it lived a long life. And now he's the puppy is eternalized in film. The the thing about it that's weird to me is that they tell this David guy to just go along with everything, and he just goes along with it. He's just like, they're like, we can help you, and he's like, okay, sounds good. Like, like... (laughs) 
Right. Everything else is so goddamn fucking busy and, you know, ex- extrapolated more times than we need and explained to us over this, like, large info dump, which is just kind of weird. Like, I feel like you, that's what's so simple and kind of great about, like, Cronenberg and his shit, because, like, they kind of know how to make it mysterious. Like, this mm-hmm. movie is just like, no, here's the stuff. Figure it out. You know, <laughs> we, we're not really interested in dragging it out because it's just bought dumb. You know, but like he makes like something like as simple as like, oh, my God, there's another underground to the under the ground seem really interesting. Whereas these people are like, yeah, there's like seven undergrounds anyway. Right. It's like instead of like actually using that as something interesting, they just chuck it at they, you and yeah, go figure it out, it. figure it out. Like kind of like, you know, when the guy has sex with you and he just throws the rag at you and like clean yourself up. That's disgusting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no. <laughs> Disgusting. Well, that's what I mean. Like, they kind of treated this franchise with, like, a little bit of disgust, right? You know? So I guess. people who were fans of this shit, they wanted to see some, like, real, like, you know, deep levels of shit. But, you know, honestly, Cronenberg's just not the type of guy to do sequels. I just don't see him being that guy, really. Right. You know? Right. Like, he's used several actors in different movies again. Right. But he just likes to get his point out on one. Trying to come up with a sequel probably is just not his thing. He had a perfect opportunity to do it with Fly mm-hmm. and didn't. And I like Fly, too. I really do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, like, probably is just like, yeah, the story's over. I don't, I don't really need this. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why he sold it. He was like, yeah, whatever you want. Right. Well, the producers sold it anyway. There was like a scene where he like finds the the guy that's that like in this backstory. There's like a guy that's like poisoning milk, and they use that as the like leverage to get him to fucking do shit that he doesn't want to do because he thinks he's helping out. So they stop this poison milk killer who killed like six people by poisoning it at the milk factory, and they couldn't figure out who did it. So they just like they brought in a scanner to scan all yeah. the employees. And he's like you. And he's like, you don't like your job. You didn't like that this guy, you poisoned the milk. And he's like, I did it, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Peter, old Peter Drack is forcing the chief to shoot himself into a bunch of fucking glass. Do you remember that? Oh, that's right. So they're like trying to show you that they're not nice because this is like the moment where you're like, oh, they're actually doing good things, you know, Mm -hmm. but really it's for all all, all ulterior motives. Yeah. Yeah. So it works both way, good and bad, and eventually gets mostly bad when David is forced to scan the mayor, which I mentioned before. But mm-hmm. there was a scene where he goes to visit his family to kind of like figure it out. Right. And he finds and- out that he was adopted by Cameron Vale's parents or his real parents, which are Cameron Vale. And- From the, yeah. And he finds out he has movie. a sister and then he goes out to the thinking tree or something. <laughs> the scanner thinking tree. <laughs> and his parents get fucking brutally murdered by Drac or whatever there. Right. Do you remember? That was kind yeah, of fucking up. fucked up, dude. Yep. She's it's like a- this old fucking woman and he's like, call the police. And she's like, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you dumb bitch, and call the fucking police. <laughs> and then he tries to, like, keep the guys busy, but then they, they send the fucking crazy guy up to the fucking bedroom, and she's, like, on the phone, and you hear the phone pick up by the police, and, and they're like, hello, police, What's how may I help you? And he's, he's, like, he's, like, grabs the phone, and you hear her scream, and, like, he holds it near and shoots her in the head, <laughs> which they could have made that really intense right but i think they were trying to shoot this so much for tv 
mm-hmm. that they lost track of the art of it mm-hmm. and like we're trying to make this in the box kind of movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Like that could have been a really intense moment uh-huh. because it's so fucked up. Like they could have played on how sweet she was and how, you know, like, and then she's like, oh, please don't shoot me. And it's like, bang, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But they did play on him, like the husband, find, you know, figuring out the wife died. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was like a sad part. And then the dad wants to die. And then David's like, I'm not going to let you die, dad. And he makes yeah. his heart start back up. Stupid. <laughs> damn, damn, it feels good to be a scanner. that's when he meets up with his sister and she teaches him how to like get into people's minds a little bit easier instead of the like abrasive full power way that he's been using which basically makes people's heads explode um she's like no no you gotta slip it in here try it like this she didn't say like that yes she was she was like i was like what's going on in this truck right now i didn't get that at all lighter Lighter, slip it in lighter, softer. And then he's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Stop! (laughs) That's what it sounds like. His mind's going into hers. That's all. That is not what it sounds (laughs) like. This is like some porno fucking fantasy shit. (laughs) What the fuck is in your mind? He's going to fuck his sister. (laughs) (laughs) But no, she teaches him how to like get into her mind and then see behind her eyes and control her so that he can later go on and use one of the cronies guys of the organization to slip into the science building and sabotage it. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, which it turns their eyes white, which I don't know why anybody didn't notice that. <laughs> uh, sir, you're blind. Uh, you doing OK? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, but he goes in and kills the head scientist by impaling him on like 50 fucking like syringes. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And then he's just like laughing. And I'm, I don't even I don't it's even weird. understand the situation. I don't, I don't understand. Why was he laughing and why did he get up and then fall down? Right. Die. Like what were they <laughs> What were wasn't they trying the, to say? Wasn't the drug in the syringes? Is that why he was laughing? Yeah, like, I think so. It doesn't make any sense, though. I don't know. Like, was he trying to... He was so evil that he was able to come back. <laughs> I don't know. It seems so stupid. He just laughs and dies. And then Drac is like, is that you in there, Davey? And then he blows up the lackey's head. So, like, the crony guy. And, like, that was a big scene. They have a lot of head pops in this one. Mm-hmm. Just, like, quick, yucky ones. Yeah, and that's when David comes into the Institute... Uh, where the discarded scanners are and Julie's fiance is there too. And he kind of like, they kind of like have a moment and they're like, oh, you're friends with Julie or whatever, whatever his sister's name is, Angie mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck it is. Can't remember. But they all surround Drac and they like distort the fuck out of this dude's fucking head. Mm-hmm. And then they like distort him down to some old, like they age him or something. Is that what they did? Didn't his hair turn white? Yeah, I think they were aging him. Yeah. I think they're just sucking him dry. (laughs) (laughs) Sucked him dry in a junkyard. Anybody know what that quote's from? I don't know. It's from a Frank Henenlotter film. Tell me if you know it down in the comment section down below. Sucked him dry in a junkyard. Okay. Yeah, right through his mouth. (laughs) Anyway. uh, So anyway, Forrester is found as a fraud, and a bunch of reporters are asking questions about scanners. And he's like, they aren't real. 
But David and his sis force him to tell the truth about the mayor and everything that he did. And then he reaches for a gun, but they force both of him down and distort the fuck out of his head, dude. Like, he looks like a fucking, like, creature out of fucking Fly 2. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. that mesh of a dog that comes out of the fucking teleporter. <laughs> he looks, like, fucked up. They never show his face. They just show the back of his head, and it's like Mr. Bubblehead. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. Couldn't afford the face. I don't know. Maybe they did, and they cut it out because it was too fucking graphic. I don't know. Seems kind of mean, though, is what I'm getting at. And then David stops, and he's like, no more killing. And it's like, no, 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 really, that's a mercy kill right now at this point in time. You're doing him a favor because you just damaged his brain. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, like, yeah, David, great example. We're here to deform your heads. Everything's okay, everybody. <laughs> We're just scanners. Don't mind us. We'll distort your face. Um, but he, he and Alice walk off into the snow, and his sister goes to her fiancé and cradles him, and she looks through his eyes through uh david looks through his sister's eyes and she smiles it's over the end thank god (laughs) i didn't even like talking about it yeah i mean whatever there's some funny moments in it at least that we can make fun of i Mm -hmm. guess Uh, there is another movie that we want to talk about and that is the end of the three movies and then we'll talk about four and five next week obviously we got scanners three the takeover which is also known as Scanner Force in the UK. Scanner Force. They, they have a lot of different names. There's like, mm. I don't know. But so Scanners 3, the takeover is a young female scanner turns from a sweet young thing into a murderous power crazed villain after she takes an experimental drug developed by her father. Her brother, who is also a scanner, is the only one powerful enough to stop her manic depression. <laughs> Was that the real synopsis? No, I had a manic you, depression okay. thing. But. I like. I was gonna say I like it. I like it. I just wanted to make it sound like it's a comedy because that's what I. <laughs> that's what I think of this movie. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Tagline: The terror has not ended. It has just begun. Again. <laughs> uh, the director is Christian Duguay, who we already spoke about. Writers B.J. Nelson, who we already spoke about. We also got writer Julie Richard. She did this movie and Twin Sisters from 92. We also got David Preston, who wrote on this one. They have like three writers on this, by the way. Uh, he has a little more under his belt as he wrote the Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Plus, he did a lot of episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, the movie The Vindicator, which we've actually reviewed before. <laughs> Tales from the Never-Ending Story TV show, Never which I forgot. They did a TV show. They did several. Yeah, I, re- I remember. I don't. Also, we got Renee Malo, who is the producer of the entire franchise, by the way. Mm-hmm. He actually helped, I guess, write something in this. Uh, probably just said, change this into the story, and they gave him a credit. <laughs> I don't know what he changed, but... But it was brilliant. It's the only credit he's got as a writing credit. So, but, um, and I would think that like IMDb is like you have to get paid like in order to get that credit. But I guess he's the producer. He can make it happen. Right. <laughs> I'll just write myself a check, goddammit. <laughs> but he's Canadian. So he's like, oh, I'll just write myself. No, he's, he's French Canadian. So, <laughs> oh, just really, I can't, I can't even talk French Canadian. So, <laughs> is that Irish? What the fuck oh, is that? God. Oh, how do you talk French, Christina? Uh, ooh la la. Oh, dude, I was just writing a check for myself. <laughs> it's my brain is muddled. 
I can't get all these voices. That's great. It's like a scanner, man. <laughs> I need some fucking ephemeral. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got some makeup returned. These people returned to this to the screen is Roxy DiLanzo and William Forsh, aka Bill. Some of the cast in this movie is Liliana Karamowska, who plays Helena Monet. Monet? Yeah. Monet. Sorry, mm-hmm. we're doing the French thing again. <laughs> She's a Polish actress who was in the movies like Screamers, The Art of War, The Assignment, The Royal Scandal, The Hunger TV series. Hmm. I was mentioning and more. Plus, we got Valerie Valois, who plays Joyce Stone. She was in the Hunger TV series, Trauma TV series, Lava Storm, the movie, which has got to be amazing. She's too tall and promise her anything. I also have Steve Parrish, who plays Alex Monet, who apparently it's rumored that he appeared in Scanner Cop, but I couldn't find anything on that. Mm-hmm. So he didn't do too much after this. He did Cover Story, Black Sea Raid, Grave Matters, and Stonemakers. Uh, we also have Colin Fox, who plays the father, Elton, of Alex and uh, Helena. He was in Tommy Boy, Day of Resurrection, a.k.a. Virus which is not the one with Jamie Lee Curtis. He was in Daylight with Stallone, Murder by Phone. He was Snyder in My Pet Monster, which was an hour-long movie that they made specifically that came that you could buy with the My Pet Monster. Oh, You know that blue and purple monster that I've always wanted for some reason because I never got one as a kid? Right. They had one at fucking Zia, by the way, for $45, and I could have bought it. Oh. I don't know why I would not. I would never do anything what with it. What are you gonna do with it? I don't know. Throw it in the corner, or something like that. <laughs> Clean yourself up. <laughs> no, but he was the voice in that, which I didn't even know there was a movie. I kind of want to see it now, just because. <laughs> like, I wish we could find that right at the Goodwill or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that seems like one of those finds. Right. Plus, he also did the voice. Of Mr. Hinkle in My Pet Monster, the TV cartoon show. Because they did do that run for a little while. Because that was the rage back then, guys. We had My Buddy, My Kid's Sister, and, like, My Pet Monster. Teddy Rupskin. Teddy Rupskin. Like, all that shit. Pound Puppies. But he was also in a movie called Food of the Gods 2, which we still need to review. Four episodes of Goosebumps and more. We got Daniel Pilon. Or Pilon? 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 (laughs) He was in, uh, he was Michael, the family friend in this movie. He was in the movie Shoot 'em Up, the original Left Behind movie with Kirk Cameron when he went Christian. The Legend of Doom House, The Possession of Virginia, Plague, Habitat, The Hunger TV Show, Island of the <laughs> Dead, and more. So all these actors have been in fucking right. Hunger TV Show. Obviously, so weird. similar producer. Right. And of course, Renee Malo, who the producer of the franchise even has a role as the, the therapist who, mistreated helena in the movie. oh uh this movie was made with an estimated value of five million four hundred canadian dollars but again i'm starting to wonder split. if it was split it was split i'm pretty sure like they did the critters movies mm-hmm. uh the release date of this was may 14th 1992 so it came out the next year just oh yeah it wasn't 91 but it was made in 91 so it came out on VHS right away. Christina, what did you think of this, this film? This was a blast. We had so much fun with it. It was so ridiculous. Yeah, it was. But not only that, the uh, the story was good. I enjoyed the story. It had like that sibling rivalry. Yeah. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. It was like the good sibling and the bad 
sibling, you know what I mean? Like, okay. It, it, I, I, I really enjoyed it. They were totally overacting, but unlike the last movie, like, everyone was overacting, so it was like... <laughs> oh, they were totally they play- in on it. Yeah, they totally played off of each other really good. Especially, like, the actual scanner scanner part, with all the scanners in it. Yeah. It was just... It was ridiculous. Yeah, it, it got better and better as it went on. Yeah, notice? it really did. It really got better and better. Um, it, and this is like the action version of sca- of the Scanners movie. This yeah. is like the action one, which makes it even even better. But I gave it a seven out of out of a ten on a as big scale. Okay, really? I actually enjoyed it more than the first movie. <laughs> right? Oh, really? Yeah, I really did. So that's just a seven overall, then. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Um, so this one I wasn't expecting much at all after watching the second one, and boy was this a fucking fun movie, guys! Mm-hmm. Like seriously, so bad is good. It's actually a high tier s big movie for me too. So, like really up there, guys. This one I'll highly recommend to people to pull off the shelf just to watch on its own uh, if you're ever in that mood. Like if you're ever in the serious mood, I think it's safe to say you can just watch the Cronenberg movie right. and get your fill there. But you know. This is completely different tone than the last one. Instead of taking itself seriously, it leans into the silly like a hell of a lot more. And I mean, it's pretty self-aware, I would assume, right? Which is kind of weird because a lot of S-Big movies aren't. Right. And this one is. And for those of you who love the first one, this may piss you off. Because you're like, how dare they shit on fucking Cronenberg's fucking movie? (laughs) Right? Well... I mean, I feel like the franchise derailed after the second one anyway. And so if you're going to go off the rail and wreck into a whole bunch of family houses and shit like that, <laughs> like, please keep me entertained with every house that they smash on the on the path of destruction. You right. know what I mean? Like, sure, if the acting is over the top, it's it's meant to be. It's really fucking silly. Like, I mean, funny, silly, too. Uh, the silly deaths, silly lines, like they did not hold back on any idea in this movie. Someone had a joke. They fit it in there. They were like, mm-hmm. fuck it. Yeah, let's put it in there. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and even like I said, if it's self-aware, I still consider this an S big film. So if you got some pizza, a fr- few friends who know how to laugh with you, pop this sucker on. You guys will be by the end cheering uh, along with this one as we were mm-hmm. we really just immediately there was like a switch in the movie it started to get be- like each act got better and better and better mm-hmm. and like we just got, like started laughing more and more and more and just had a blast like we really I, did. I i really wish like i'm sure that christian's probably gotten a lot of shit for this movie you know the right? director oh uh-huh and i'm sure he's got a lot of shit for this movie right but honestly like like i said if it's gonna derail this is this is the way it that, should go that's the way you should do it yeah yeah it definitely starts out slow a bit so you're not gonna get that feel right off the bat like it's gonna take a little bit of time right but it won't be long before you see some guy fly off a fucking building and <laughs> you'll be laughing uh this this has a pretty, I would say it's annoying, but also kind of fun performance by Liliana Karamoroska, who that totally reminds me of Monica Bellucci, by the way, from The Matrix and Necrotronic. She played the evil person in Necrotronic. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so bizarre and zany how she switches from nice girl to evil pretty quick. You know, this doesn't really relate to the last movie either, which is kind of odd, mm-hmm. but... I feel like they pitched these two in, in the bundle and 
pretty much both these ideas were up for part two and they said, fuck it, let's do them both. (laughs) But it's essentially about a brother and a sister who are scanners and they're trying to integrate into society and they go to a party and the brother Alex is taunted by his best friend to show a scanner parlor party trick you know to his friends to like impress them and shit and that's when shit goes awry and tragedy strikes and a new drug is being tested by their dad years later and it's got a few side effects but that doesn't stop his sister from trying it out and turning evil evil (laughs) uh it's definitely meant to be fun so i don't think the movie's going to be offended if you laugh at it or with it. Right. It's definitely not serious. There's popping pigeons, <laughs> popping people. Exploding. Yeah. Exploding fingers. Insanely bad deaths, bad dialogue that is kind of funny, like poop and pee jokes in this one, guys. Like, Oh, yeah, that's right. Ridiculous. It's just fucking batshit story, man. Like, plus there's a lot of people staring at each other like fucking idiots who seem to be in the battle of the best diarrhea. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they all sort of do, I guess, but you know, Cronenberg's the only one that makes it seem okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd recommend this one on the S big scale. I'd say about a seven, maybe even a 7.5 oh, yeah. out of 10 for the S big for cheesy fun and laughs. It's a damn shame that the Mona Lisa got shit on, but you know if it's gonna let if if someone's gonna shit on it, let's make it work. Fuck it. <laughs> I mean the damn credits they they even forgot to put the goddamn music in the fucking credits, dude. I've never seen a movie. Yeah, it was em- it was empty. There was it silence. literally is is like Ding! credits <laughs> and nothing for five fucking minutes or whatever. He was probably just done with it. He was like, okay, this is over. Yeah, he's like, like, I don't even care anymore. Is this, <laughs> I got paid, right? Did you get paid, editor? Yeah, I did. I didn't even finish it, dude. I just threw it together. <laughs> yeah, all right, fuck it, man. Let's go home. Let's go get drinks. Um, So, yeah, that's a pretty high... Um, you know, if you guys like the S big, so bad it's good films that we always recommend. And we sort of like, that's our specialty here mm-hmm. on Beyond the Void, at least for me. I mean, this is one of those movies that is just a treat for you. And we'll go over some of the scenes and I won't spoil everything. We'll keep it a little light because, you know, we're running close to the two hour mark here now. <laughs> so I don't want to keep you guys all week, <laughs> but you know, we'll go over some of the stuff in the movie here. And if you don't want anything spoiled, of course, you can skip down to the end of the podcast where we thank you and and tell you that we love you and uh yeah so if you know anything spoiled here is your warning so liliana karamos karamaroska who played the main role the, the crazy the crazy sister this obviously had a major influence on her life this is where she met her future husband Oh, are you serious? Yeah, and guess which one of those people that she met became her husband her brother no, <laughs> that would be funny though. Uh, it was actually the director. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. She and uh, Christian embarked on a very creative and successful partnership of an actress and a director, as well as a wife and a husband. Oh. On that film. Aww. So there are a few actors from Scanners to the New Order that make appearances in this entry. For instance, we got Jason Cavalier from the New Order with the exploding tumor. He plays like a punk leader in this movie. Um, and they shot this movie in only nine weeks. But again, I'll bet they split that mm-hmm. with the other movie. Right. So it's like four and a half for each movie. I am, I'm, I'm just, I'm saying like movies aren't really shot over nine weeks that much anymore. Uh, yeah, like even back then, like that's a lot. Right. 
I know that they had to create some sets and shit like that, but I feel like this movie just, it was done on the cheap. Right. <laughs> uh, so like right off the bat, we're at that party and he, and he's doing like tug of war with his mind with his friend. Uh huh. And he, and that guy touches him on the back. Hey, that's pretty cool, man. He's like, Oh shit. He throws him over the side. He, yeah. He pushes them over the balcony. Yeah. You see that one guy walk in the back door. And I was like, ah, they're setting this up that he's yeah. going to fly out. Yeah. And sure enough, he goes over the fucking railing. But what's funny is when he he goes, he's in a Santa outfit and right. he goes over the railing and this little girl is, look, mom, it's Santa. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many of these like little one liners in yeah. this that are just great. That you miss, that you'd miss. Yeah, you would totally And they're miss. really, some of them are like kind of set under her breath, like the right, girl, Melina. Right. Like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> we'll go over some of those in there. But that's when I was like, oh, my God, this is out of control, man. Like, this one's, like, going to be crazy. So, apparently, Melena's dad has been trying to come up with a new drug to stop the side effects of being a scanner because they did EPH2 and EPH3. And now he's got EPH4, which is this glowing disc that you stick on your neck behind your ear it's a patch and it's got like a blinking light on it and it's like why is it electronic first <laughs> of all it like it, it rapidly fires the synapses in their brain to keep them it, from fucking going crazy it i must. guess it's like it, pumping the drug into them he's like look i got all these samples first of all why would you show your daughter all these samples okay because alex goes on a sabbatical to fucking tibet to control his mind power. Was it Tibet or was he in Taiwan or some shit? I think it was Tibet. He goes to fucking go talk to like, you know, some master about keeping his mind because he gets he blames himself for killing his friend. Right. Even though that jerk behind him like totally distracted him. Right. Um but she's like Milena is like this is years later. She's like talking to her dad and he's like, Oh, I got this new drug. And she's like, Oh, let me try it out. And he's like, No, 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 it's it's not ready. I'm like Listen, Gramps, why the fuck do you have like 150 fucking individually fucking wrapped fucking test samples in a briefcase in a briefcase (laughs) with you? Do you just carry that around with you? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Which is kind of stupid. So obviously he doesn't want to do tests on her because he knows things could go wrong. But he leaves it hanging around with her. Like, he doesn't even care. He's he just like, lock it up or anything. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll just set it over here by the, in the you kitchen, know, by the refrigerator. Yeah, by the fucking 50 caliber fucking rifle in the, uh, yeah, in yeah. the kids' playroom. And she puts it on, and then all of a sudden, like, her migraines go away. Right. So, so of course, she's like, oh, it's a miracle drug. So, what, she's sitting out on the porch drinking tea or something, and a pigeon flies up on just, the- uh, Just flutters above her suddenly, and she just doesn't like it. And it shit on her hand. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, it pooped up, because I was like, that, did she, did she get pooped? <laughs> <laughs> pooped in her drink or something? No, it pooped on her hand. And then she, she was like, vermin, vermin. And then all of a sudden the pigeon explodes. <laughs> There's like feathers on the table. So when the dad comes back later, he's like, what the fuck is this grew? And he flicks it off the table or something like that. Yeah, it was weird. Then she goes and goes to this, um, what is it? Like a, like a hospital for, uh, you know, taking, it's like an elderly hospital, but for scanners. That she, oh yeah, yeah. That the doctor there, who she went to this place for scanners when she was a kid, and he basically tortured her. Yeah, they were like doing experiments and, and stuff. And her dad's working with this guy, 
because he's the only one that knows all this research and stuff that's researched it. He's like one of the most, you know, whatever. And she's like mad at him for working with him. So she goes there and she like chases an orderly down and she's, and he's like shining some weird flashlight. I guess like scanners don't like sunlight in yeah, this movie. Yeah, it was movie. like a UV. I'm like, what But they don't they like get? any sunlight in but this movie. No, it's only when they have the patches on. Oh, it's probably yeah. why it's reflective. Yeah. It's okay. like they're vampires that turns the scanners into scanner vamps. <laughs> Vamp scans. Oh, my God. Part Vampers. six. Part six. Yeah. Um, Your favorite. <laughs> so it seems like it hurts her. And she's like, you're pissing me off. And all of a sudden, he just starts pissing himself. And he's like, oh, shit. And she's like, we can arrange that, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was really subtle, too. We had to actually go back. To like hear what she said. Yeah. And then he, well, also, we didn't understand she had like a dart gun in his, his pocket or something and she puts it in his mouth and darts his tongue. Yeah. That was cool. Which is like, okay. And then he just immediately falls down the stairs. I'm like, first of all, he's fucking giant. Right. He's not going to fall down the stairs from one dart. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> in any movie I've ever seen, the, they don't fall right away. Oh, I thought it was a syringe gun. No, it's a, it's a trank dart. Oh. Yeah. They used him in the second one, didn't they, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, they did. Anyway, anyway, after taking out another orderly, she throws off the balcony. She tells all the scanners that she's in charge, and she will lead them, and she gives them all the EPH uh, four. Patches. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it three? I can't remember. I think it's three. Anyway, but back at home. She's having a little party at her house, and this is the fucking weirdest thing, man. I understand that she's just an actress in a movie, but she's playing the daughter of this thing, and she is so evil <laughs> that she's in the pool fucking buck fucking naked. Her in the hot tub, boobs yeah. are hanging out in the hot tub. She's drinking champagne, and her dad comes out to complain about the noise. And I'm like, why is she nude? Yeah, like, like, wouldn't she be embarrassed? It's yeah, your father. It's like it's kind of awkward with her dad. I was like, are they gonna get down? Is she gonna fuck him <laughs> or something like weird? Because that's what you want to see. No, no, no. Because that's <laughs> evil. <laughs> but yeah, I do want to see it too. Anyway. <laughs> She's got, like, white pubic hairs in her fucking hair and shit. I'm just kidding. Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm totally kidding, Christine. She's like, what are you watching when I'm not around? But she... She forces him to get in the pool, and he tells her it's it's the drug making her think that, but she drowns him. And, and it, like, as soon as he dies, it, like, sends shockwaves all the way to fucking Alex at the, the Tibetan fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> temple or wherever the fuck he is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's Tibet because Tibet's, like, cold. It's up in the mountains or something like that. You know what I mean? You said Taiwan, but I don't know where it was. It seemed like fucking, I don't know where it was. Sorry, I think I, I thought I wrote it down. Papua New Guinea? Just <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was one of the T the tea ones. I don't know. Anyway, the family friend goes to warn Alex that Melana's out of control and invites him to come back. And there was this funny scene where Alex and his friend are eating and a few boxers are fighting in a ring somewhere. And this guy had followed his friend all the way to this country. And they they make the fucking kickboxers start fighting his friend. Yeah, they scan him. And his friend starts kicking the shit out of him, like, (laughs) just, like, fucking whooping their ass. And I'm like, wait a second. These are trained boxers, man. They're going to knock his ass out. (laughs) And he's just whooping their ass. 
They snap his fucking neck, the friend, and Alex goes from fucking Tibet to straight to fucking murder. <laughs> like, it doesn't, all that training that he had from his fucking master don't mean shit now, because he just goes on a murder spree, and he and he does some mental boxing of his own on everyone. He's like, whoosh, using his head to kind of mimic, like, like punches and shit like that or whatever mm -hmm. but with his mind <laughs> it's including one of the bad scanners who tries to escape on a bike and he's like flipping off alex and so he makes him wreck into some barrels and it just instantly blows up mm -hmm. which makes you know it's always like shit right like you can tell like they like stop the camera mm -hmm. and then like blew it up like the second it blew up <laughs> So it's like there's always like that, that weird that awkward cut. Yeah, yeah like the weird hard fucking stop right and then blow up you know what <laughs> I mean I don't know but I thought that was really funny so he comes back he asks his sister about it and she's playing coy with him and they 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 she sends him to the fucking place where she killed all the orderlies mm -hmm. and they looking for the girlfriend right and they trick him and strap him into some fucking chair where they pump lasers into his eyes. <laughs> Which makes no fucking sense. To me, I thought they, I think they were trying to say it was whatever it was that flashlight, like the UV oh. or something. Oh. Yeah. Well, they're trying to burn out his retinas or something like that. Mm -hmm. But the machine explodes. He scanned the machine to make it explode. That's right, because of his mind powers. <laughs> I don't have my headphones down anymore, so I can't hear your <laughs> sound effects. Thank God. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he escapes and he's being chased. His eyes are all red. He can barely see. He almost hits a truck, but dodges it. And then he hits a dock and jumps his bike into the air, like really high. <laughs> and some dude just shoots like two quick bullets. Like, I almost feel like they fucked up the stunt. Uh-huh. And he and went too high. It. And it was supposed to blow up when he hit the, the instead of jumping. Uh-huh. And they were supposed to have the bike blow up like before and then go into the air. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Like, uh -huh. and so they had to add some like quick, like, like little right. gunfire from a guy. And what a fucking aim, by the way. He's like a mile away and he shot two <laughs> bullets right at that tank, <laughs> which I thought was really funny and ridiculous. That's, oh, that's right. This is where we get to see the underwater fucking mind battle. Oh, that's right. Where he distorts the fuck out of that dude's head. But the way that they're pantomiming this shit is so fucking ridiculous. Like, I don't know. I was just like, oh, wow. They had to take it underwater. Like, the only thing that could beat this would be mind battles in space. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Which is clearly where we need to take the vampires and the, the vamp the, scans. Scam the vamp scams in space. <laughs> Vamp scamps or no wait what? Scanner vamps scanner in space. Vamps. Scanner vamp scanner irs. Yeah, they have, to, <laughs> they have to take it up to space. They have to. I don't know. It just looked really ridiculous under the water, and the guy, the bad guy's face distorts beyond recognition, and then you see the surface of the water, and it's like someone lit dynamite under the water, and it just blows up, and you see like red water, <laughs> <laughs> which that was kind of fucking cool actually. Alex, of course, goes to try to figure out what's going on. He knows Milena set him up. 
and he goes to Joyce, his ex, who's working in the science lab. And he didn't know that she worked in the science lab, by the way, because two years ago they were with each other exclusively. And he did not know her background or history or her <laughs> or her right. education or yeah, anything. Where she works. Yeah. Like- oh, wait. I, it was either a scientist or a fucking uh, nurse. I can't remember <laughs> what she was. Two? Yeah. <laughs> What a fucking idiot. Anyway, so he, he like meets up with Joyce and they have this whole love scene where she's like, Oh, Alex. (laughs) And then he's like, he's like, you see Alex and Joyce making love and he said, he's admiring the pearl necklace that he gave her in the beginning of the movie. Not the one that he, he made in the scene, the one he gave her before. So (laughs) I know it's coming. So I'm like. It wore that, a pearl necklace. It's fucking gross. <laughs> fucking gross. They didn't show that in the movie, guys. But that's immediately he said that. Alex <laughs> said that when we were watching the movie. And I'm like, really? Come on. I, I'm a child. <laughs> I'm a child stuck in a 40-year-old man. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> so Alex is, you know, just hanging out later, sitting on the top of a skyscraper, you know, sitting on the roof for no fucking reason and one of the fucking bad scanners comes and just like kicks him in the face <laughs> and, and what, by one of the scanner goons or whatever who apparently don't believe in using their fucking mind powers as much as their fucking guns by the way right which i i just thought was really weird and and one of them shoots the other's fucking arm off at that point you remember no, I don't remember. With one shot. Like, this guy's good. Oh, that's good. right. It's the same guy who <laughs> shot the fucking tank. And he's the- in the same position that Dude, he was in earlier. Th- if that guy, he needs to get hired, man. Like, <laughs> maybe he maybe he can curve the bullet with his mind. Maybe <laughs> that's what he's doing. That's it's like, what he's doing. It's like that wanted movie, only with, mm-hmm. like, scanner abilities. <laughs> um, and then he, oh, there's a scene where, like, that, that whole scene where he, like, it, like the arm falls on top of the cop car down below and the cops like, I hate this bloody city. And I'm like, first of all, <laughs> no cop is going to say bloody city. I was like, is this written by like a, like a, I might, <laughs> I hate this bloody city. You know, you know, calm down. Fucking crocodile Dundee. Like this is not that cop, you know, clearly we're in New York or wherever the fuck they are. <laughs> but, uh, then Alex tries to descend by way of a rope on the side of the building, which just happens to be there. And mm-hmm. one of the guys is on top of the building. The same guy who not only shot the bike with a couple of d- d- things, shot off the arm, also happens to be able to shoot the rope because yeah, right. his scanner abilities is that good. <laughs> From another building, he is able to shoot this rope. And so Alex falls on the hood of the car and the cop's like, I told you, I hate this damn city. <laughs> like fuck there's so many scenes like this guys like it's like back to back to back it really is i i love it for that fact so alex slows his heart down they think he's dead he slows his heart down in the hospital (laughs) and the nurse that's been trying to fuck him from the fucking orderly place scanner nurse yeah. yeah she's like this hot nurse that's like one of the patients that used to be a scanner and now is trying to manipulate him. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, the other scanners in this movie suck at scanning. Right. But like they should be really good at it, right? Like well, they've I, been, but they've been uh they've been incarcerated. Oh, the, you know the Maybe whole they, time. Yeah, they drilled spots in the head. Yeah, know? they could have. Yeah. Try to calm them down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, electroshock. <laughs> I mean, drill like fucking drilling the fucking <laughs> noggin. 
<laughs> anyway, he's in the hospital. She comes in, tries to kill him. He slows his heart down right before she injects him. And then they think he's dead. And there was this really funny scene where he's down in the fucking autopsy room. Mm-hmm. And the guy's getting ready to saw open the chest. And you think it's his chest, but it's another body. Mm-hmm. And then Alex wakes up behind that guy. And he's like, hey. He's like, hey, uh, he's like, can I use your phone? And the guy's like, uh, is is it long distance or local? <laughs> you see those stupid little lines, oh, dude. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> so funny. And you don't hear that shit anymore. Dude, this movie is too much, man. Like, that is just too much. That's when you find out Melena's able to control, like, she's like, uh, having some sort of fucking commercial or something like that after the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. or some big football game where 75 million people are watching. Mm -hmm. And the announcer guy is like trying to cut her off because the game keeps starting up. And so she she decides that he's not paying attention to her. So she keeps interrupting him as if the camera's just going to cut to her all of a sudden. Like, I don't know what, but it like cuts back to her and she's like, yes. And I don't mean to be, uh, to interrupt the game, but you know, that was weird. And he was like, that's cool. Back to the game. And then he goes back to the game and then she gets mad and pops one of the football players heads. And this shit fucking had me rolling because the fucking helmet rolls out from this pile <laughs> And it's literally just organs falling out of the fucking helmet, right? Like, clearly the dude's dead. Like, there is no saving him. And they added the scene into the fucking movie where they're like, the medical staff is running out to the field now to make sure he's okay. (laughs) I fucking lost it. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, they had to add that in there for, you know, like, it's. I feel right, like yeah, they, at some funny. point in this movie, they were like, okay, this is just so ridiculous. Let's right. just fucking go with it, guys. Right. Like, look, we already got paid. Let's just have some fun, guys. <laughs> like, I imagine the set of this fucking film was a blast. I bet. Like, I bet they had a really good time. I would love to talk to Christian just to hear about this movie and see what he thinks. He probably hates the movie uh-huh. because you know, like you, 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 oh, yeah, you yeah. see these act, these directors who like ruin their career mm-hmm. <laughs> or something, you know, and they're like, yeah, that was a dark spot in my history. <laughs> but then you re- meet some jackass like me who like founds like this new love for it, <laughs> finds the light, yeah, and, and like breathes light into it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it's like he can. I just bet. I bet you he could tell me so many fucking stories, man. Mm-hmm. He's probably too busy like hooking up with his lady, right? Anyway, I loved that scene. That was like one of my favorite scenes of the movie. We're sending out the medical staff now to the field to see if he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? There was a scene where they chase everybody. They chase Alex and Joyce down to the lobby of the televised place where she's like airing everything. Oh, and the rotating door. Yes, the mm-hmm. rotating door kill is so fucking ridiculous. There's like, like Alex and Joyce duck behind like the security thing, mm-hmm. and uh, the goon is like chasing them, and he's like, "Now, now, get back into your seats before Act Two. And Alex is like, pops out from behind the guard. He's like, "Huh." literally making that noise and then he goes he's like i'll give you a second act and he pushes him with his mind powers into the rotating door and it spins and spins and spins and you see his face like flattened 
like into cartoonish guess, yeah. fucking levels of fucking like it is a cartoon. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it chews him up like a blender into this gloriously terrible fucking death. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense, but it's fun. It was fun. Of course, Alex goes back to stop Molina and he gets caught in the flashlights rays because they use this really cool like laser effect. It's like looks like uh, reminds me of the movie of the lathe from heaven, lathe of heaven, where they have this like you look down and you see the smoke around the lasers or whatever. And he's like trapped in it. it's pretty right. amazing. Right. It's a good shot. Um, But Joyce comes back up for some reason. And it's like, of course you did. Why would you come back up after all of that? Mm-hmm. And that's when the mind battle between Alex and Helena begin. And it's like a mix of bad diarrhea, <laughs> bad diarrhea and orgasm. <laughs> Only you just stare a lot at each other. You know what I mean? Like and you tilt your head a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you know, like you're really trying hard. And the only person, birth. like her face gets distorted and his face gets distorted, but he seems to be like getting the brunt of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And he should be the master where he can like focus and like right. fine tune his fucking mind powers to like a fine point mm-hmm. where hers is like blunt force trauma mm-hmm. you know what i mean like where it's just a wall of mess right i don't know i'm just that's the way i would like if i were to think about this in that respect that like he'd be the warrior mm-hmm. and she'd be like the big hammer dude right i don't know you know arrogant right yeah but their face start to bubble and then sh- she like I, I don't know. She's shaking and her patch falls off. And she's like, oh, my God. She starts crying. What and have she, I done? Yeah, what have I done? What have I done? And she's no longer bad anymore, guys. So she decides to electrocute herself. <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, what were they going to do anyway? Yeah, exactly. Like, what were they? What was their plan? Right. Were they going to kill her? Or are they not going to kill her? <laughs> I like what? See, it was a good ending, though. Like that was a good way to. Well, no, 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 it It didn't end just yet. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She falls and lands on the fucking camera's wire cord, and this is after she turned good, guys. Okay, she's not evil anymore. The patch isn't on her. She was crying. She was sad about killing her dad and fucking him and getting (laughs) white pubic hair in her mouth. Stop! (laughs) Jesus. This is for Jesus. all you. This is for you motherfuckers that are to ride or die, okay? <laughs> like you, you motherfuckers that, that listen to this, this shit all the way to the fucking end, okay? <laughs> We're gonna, the, the code word for this, by the way, at the end is called curlies, short and curlies. Oh my god! <laughs> so add that into a sentence any which way you want, uh, and uh, let me know that you listen to the end if you're not embarrassed or chicken shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, she falls on the camera. You see her face on the camera screen, like. Why? It doesn't make any sense. And it was an evil face, too. It was yeah. an evil smile. She wouldn't be evil anyway, and she ain't no goddamn Pinkerton from Shocker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they were trying to make that was, like, to pass the torch. Mm-hmm. Like, the little air of, she'll be back. Maybe she'll come back as a vampire. She'll be back in part four with <laughs> Milena Does Adventures. <laughs> you know, like, Scanner World. Scanner World. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, they didn't think that the franchise was worth continuing on after that. Right. And they thought that they should change it up and uh, use the property wisely. These are all exploitation films, by the way. So these are all Canadian-based movies that would not oh. have gotten made here in America because Canada funds some of the craziest shit. Right. And America, the supposed entertainment capital of the world, can't even fund their fucking goddamn fucking- Health system. Yeah, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ, man, we like we're like 
50% entertainment and they can't even like muster some funds for that. But then again, I'd feel bad taking that over fucking someone that needs food at this point. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. So yeah, I love this film. I'm so glad that we bought this, uh, the third one. I will definitely watch this alongside right. with many other fucking So Bad It's Good. And right. I'm so glad. Like, I am looking forward to Scanner Cop 2. Uh, I think that Scanner Cop 2 and 3, or Scanner Cop 1 and 2, excuse me, I think they're in that realm, same realm. Not as silly, mm-hmm. because I think they take it a little bit more seriously in the next two films. So it'll be okay. interesting to see what we think about it. I remember calling it S Big. Oh, Scanner Cop, the first one? Yeah, the first okay. one. So we'll see. Might okay. have changed. Maybe it's not as good as this one. So we'll see. All right. I don't know what to think, but I know it's it's decent either way. Like, there's some people that really love the movie, the first one, and some that just think it's so bad it's good. And they get mm-hmm. mad. Other people get mad. I remember having a conversation where, like, man, this movie deserves so much more respect than some shit clown fucking making jokes about it. Oh, shit, that's us. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm not, I don't think we're disrespectful. We love these movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we're glad to own them. Like, right. I, like I said, I I think a lot of people like us will breathe new life into it. I only, hope so. The only sad part is when you got people like Claudio Fragasso, who did Troll 2, who don't uh-huh. realize this sort of new found respect right. in a different way than he was expecting. Right. And you see him get really upset about these people laughing about his fucking. Right. You know, his. His masterpiece. Yeah, he's a maestro for Christ's sake. Right. Uh, anyway. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. I know this is a longer episode than normal. For those of you that listen to the end, you're a fucking rock star. We love you guys. Uh, if you have any way that you can help out, Send this to somebody that you think would enjoy the episode. Share it with people. Check out our YouTube videos. I'll be returning as soon as my face doesn't look like a a puffy fuck bag. Uh, (laughs) And once I'm done that, we'll be back on there. So I'll be pumping out at least three videos a week uh, on that as well. So we'll return next week with Scanner Cop 1 and 2. So I hope you'll join us on that. I know that it's going to be hard to find those movies online. I think there are shitty copies on YouTube, but I highly encourage you to pick up the Vinegar Syndrome ones if you can to support them because they have really good looking copies in 4K. And if you like, I mean, I really like Scanner Cop. Mm-hmm. So if you're into the kind of shit that I like, you'll probably enjoy it. So. But other than that, thank you guys so much for stopping by. And as always, follow the boys.